This is Creepy and Geeky, a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Welcome to Creepy and Geeky. I'm your host, Robert, and on today's episode, we're at the conclusion of my short vampire series, and we're talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula and Interview with the Vampire. Joining me for this trip into the 90s is Violet Hammond. Violet is the managing director of a theater in New York. She's also been a guest on several other podcasts, including Frame to Frame, Pick a Disc, and Den of Ten, as well as being a previous guest here. Welcome back to the show, Violet. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah it's good to have you back. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, back uh, in the in the creepy side of things. Yes, so, for my first time. Yeah, your first time back in the creepy side. Yay. Um You've you've done a, a, a two in, on the on the geeky side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, two yeah, marvels. Yeah, we finally found something for you to do on the creepy side because you're Look. not you're not a big creepy lover. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, slashers I don't like and really scary ghosty things I don't like, but vampires have always been my favorite. So vampires I'm that's just, in. That's just because vampires are just sexy. So, you know. Well, I mean <laughs> they are. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, we all know. I mean, that that's that's part of the allure is that they uh-huh. like, they're they're meant to be sexy. So speaking you gotta of attract that, a victim somehow. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just be monsters. <laughs> How are you gonna Dang. get the people to like you? Yeah. Um <laughs> enough to pull them into your web. Um catch more flies <laughs> with honey than vinegar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So today we're talking uh two early 90s classics. Like so previously we mentioned on on the earlier episode in um uh, on fright night and the lost boys we talked about how um there was this um concentrated effort to kind of modernize vampires and to bring them into the 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 current time and and uh, kind of get away from all that gothic trappings well we're slammed back right into the gothic trappings in both of these two movies and they're very heavily into that we've got um and we're going to start off with Bram Stoker's Dracula directed by uh, Francis Ford Coppola and uh came out in 1992 um yes and uh this one this one is absolutely uh hands down one of my favorite movies um one of my favorite horror movies and my favorite vampire movie time um i don't know why this one works so well for me i think it's the combination of um gary oldman who's Mm -hmm. a super excellent actor um uh and um what's his name um it's not keanu reeves although i do like keanu reeves and i will defend his honor um (laughs) (laughs) uh anthony hopkins uh anthony Anthony Hopkins. hopkins as van helsing in this he is so yeah. fabulous. He is chewing the scenery so oh, yeah. much. It is so over the top, and I love it. Um, and I think every piece of this works. I, I I know there are people who will disagree. I think I think you're going to disagree with me, but <laughs> I have snarky notes, but they're meant with love. Okay, but <laughs> like... yes, we. I I this movie just works for me on so many levels. Um, it just everything about it, um, is just. It's just 
fun for my eyeballs. Um, I don't know why. It's just it's just good fun. The the whole cast works well for me. The um even Keanu Reeves and his terrible accent. It yeah. just works. He so. wasn't as bad as I he remember. Really isn't that bad. No, he really isn't no. that bad. And on and people have gone back and you know on on critical reappraisals and gone. Even British people have said, you know what? It's really not that bad. It's actually no. a, a pretty decent uh, thing. It's not the greatest, but it's not that bad. So. It's definitely the weakest up there for sure. Yeah. But on oh, yeah. a re- on a rewatch, and I hadn't, I told you I hadn't re- watched this in some time. So watching this, yeah. it was like the first time in a while that I had seen this. And I was like, you know what? Like everybody makes this joke. It's really not that bad. There's another 90s movie where he does an accent that's 10 gajillion times worse than this one. <laughs> And Which that's that? much ado about nothing. The Shakespeare. Oh, that's so his, funny. Yeah. His accent and also his performance is, and I love Keanu Reeves. I think he's a, he's a lovely yeah. soul. He's a wonderful person, but uh, this point in time in the nineties, I don't know if he was really turning in his best work. <laughs> hey, you know what? He gets a full pass for Bill and Ted's and point break in this era and, and Dracula. So for yeah. me, anything else he did was just like, all right, I don't care. Everything else he did in the early nineties was good enough for me. So. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, um, but so I got to see this movie when I originally saw this movie, I saw it in the theater the year it came out. So I was 18 when it came out and I just seen the trailers on TV or wherever I saw the trailers for it were, um, I was just, I was like, oh my God, this is really cool. This looks really mm-hmm. awesome. I love the music in it, everything. And so I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to go watch this. And I saw it and I was just blown away by every, every bit of <laughs> every bit of it. And so <laughs> I think that I still have a lingering cold listeners. So you probably hear I'm <laughs> kind of slightly stuffed up today. Um, and so COVID COVID is no, no joke, man. No, it's so, no joke. But uh, yeah, so I, I think this movie is just fantastic. Um, and, and I just, I fell in love with it in the beginning and I became a huge Gary Oldman fan from that point on. I will watch pretty much everything he's in. I, I, I know there's stuff I haven't seen of his, but if it looks like a perform, it if it looks like a performance in a movie that I will like, I will go see it for sure. So, mm-hmm. so that's, I uh, also saw this in the theaters. Good. I remember being absolutely blown away by it. I bought and read the novelization because <laughs> that was the kind of girl I was as a interesting a novelization movie. of the movie based of the on the movie. Novel. Yes, <laughs> of the movie based on the novel that I had already read many many times. So, um, yes. So, and let me tell you in that novelization, if you had any question about some of the things going on in this movie, it made it crystal fucking clear in that novelization. Okay. What was going okay. on. Cause I remember you, you're, you're like, going to have to oh, elaborate on that. Okay. So that is what was happening. Cool. Uh, this also came out around the time that NBC was doing the revival of dark shadows, the TV series. Oh, which I okay. Obsessed obsessed with absolutely obsessed with and had a lot of the same like both of those things had the same like reincarnation lost love shenanigans going yeah. on which i mean over dramatic teenage girl this was my jam i absolutely loved it so i had like a lot i had several gothic vampire love interests at this time in my life so that was <laughs> it was all like this stew of teenage hormone gothic shenanigans right 
Yeah. I think that's what's interesting <laughs> about this time period. I think that because of the 80s and they had kind of gotten away from that um that gothic aspect of it, I think that that's why stuff like this again worked. Um mm-hmm. because they were like, okay, we've had the Lost Boys, we've had Fright Night, we've had all the other silly ones like um, my best friend's vampire. My best friend is a vampire and once bitten and stuff once like that. Once bitten, I was we, about to say, yeah, yeah. So we've Buffy had all these silly ones. Buff, Buffy was right at the. Buffy was the same year as um as Bram Stoker's. Um, yeah. So so it's a it's an interesting two. It's for a that weird year. spot. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so and that's what's nice about it too is that you had you had because of the 80s we had these movies that were moving them into the modern day still but you had these throwbacks also to more of they're just like let's throw it back let's do it and what's interesting what's even more interesting about Bram Stoker's more than a lot of the other ones is that Francis Ford Coppola um like I think what ended up happening was he had a special effects guy Um, Mm -hmm. originally and that stuff wasn't working for him for the look that he wanted and everything and so they ended up and it was a digital effect um type thing and you gotta remember in the early 90s digital effects weren't there yet um and so they ended up he ended up hiring his son roman to do all the effects work and they did they went back old school like so what they did was any effect that they could recreate that was from the same time period that that's what they would do. So they did things like miniatures and forced perspectives mm-hmm. and and all kinds of interesting things to change it up. And I think that's what really helps Bram Stoker's Dracula's look is that not only is it this throwback in terms of the story and the 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 feel and everything like that, but also in the visuals and the effects and, and everything. So you get this more um, interesting mix. And I think that's what really plays a lot into um why not only was it great for me but it was a very successful movie and it's yeah. still popular to this day so that's why i think it stood the test of time in terms of that being yes it's an early 90s movie but it doesn't feel like an early 90s movie. no so no it's definitely not it has a timeless quality to it that even with keanu reeves bad accent and everything like that that <laughs> so, poor guy but yeah no i, I mean that that is definitely I don't know charm is the right word but it definitely yeah. has that charm of old fashions, the old fashioned camera techniques how everything was in camera except for I saw the blue flame when they're on their way to the castle is yeah. the only yeah. the only digital effect in the movie, yeah. everything else is in camera. And, and I would say the makeup effects that they used, um, like turning Gary Oldman into the wolf or into the bat creature and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that was obviously still modern makeup effects because that that definitely looked better than what they would have had a hundred years previous so right. so yeah definitely definitely was a positive uh with, with that it was a good mix of that throwback techniques plus a few of the stuff yeah those flames totally mm-hmm. digital but it works um, yeah it works for what they did so yeah um, that's the one I'm, thing I'm, I'm here for that yeah yeah so no so it. you know it's it's this is probably like so I I I will admit I'm not a huge Francis Ford Coppola fan in general. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen a few of his movies, but generally speaking, I haven't watched that many. I've seen all the Godfathers. I think they're okay. I think they're good. I think they're fantastic for what they are. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm a huge enough fan of them to be like, oh my god, they're masterpieces. I'll let that be to other people. It's fine, whatever. No, they're not my favorites. 
And yeah, also they exactly. were ruined for me by the time I saw it. Oh, because they had on. already been, you oh, know, been they'd already so been joked and referenced yeah. and it was, you know, it was such a part of the culture that by the time I actually yeah. sat and watched the movie, I'm like, not only do I know Same. everything that's going to happen, yeah. I know why this is funny in other movies. So it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, I mean, not to say that it's a, it's obviously an amazing movie, uh, but they're not, no, those no. are not movies. I, I'm going to put watch Goodfellas before I watch a Godfather. Godfather yeah. For sure. Well, and I think that's, yeah, the movies like that, that have become so embedded in the pop culture mm -hmm. that they are referenced constantly like star Wars. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to, if you haven't seen them, that once you go back and try to watch them, um, that all the lines that people cherry pick out of them and all the things that they talk about and everything, you're just kind of like, okay, so I already have seen this movie maybe, yeah. even though you, you know, you haven't, but you've seen enough of it or heard enough about it that you can do that. So yeah, no, I totally understand that. And I think that's probably why I'm not as big into kind of that, uh, like those movies, the shining, some of these other, the, the, the classics of the, the genre classics, and stuff like yeah. that, that, you know, because I came to them much later and I've already seen a whole bunch of stuff that, or it was referenced ad nauseum mm -hmm. that you get to that point. And you're just like, okay, this is not as interesting as, you know, I would hope it was, but yeah. And that's, what's frustrating about sometimes gaining that pop culture significance. So, yep. but that is kind of what's nice about Dracula is that it's not, at least this version of Dracula mm -hmm. is that this one takes different, different things. It, it like, and that's, what's fun about this movie too, is it, it takes everything you knew about Dracula and just kind of takes it in a different direction. It's the familiar same story. Like I went back and watched the original 1931 Dracula after mm -hmm. I'd seen this one. Um, and so then you go back and watch that one and it's got a lot of the same story beats, slightly different here and there and everything. Yeah. But, um, but it's very similar in everything. And so you, um, you already kind of know the story. <laughs> so, yeah, but absolutely. it's, it feels when going back and watching the 1931 version, it feels not so good after having watched Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is more like epic in so many ways that watching the original 31 version, it just feels so um, stage play. Well, yeah, I was going to say yeah. like yeah. the 31 very much is based on the play that yeah. was written from the novel. So it is right. a little more stagey. Yeah. It's a little more condensed, you know, for a smaller space that they then put on a sound stage. But this right. has in, an epic quality to it and goes back a lot more to the novel in terms right. of we're getting this story from the journals, from the letters, from the diaries. From, that's when you read yeah. Dracula, that's what it is. You're reading yeah. the letters to and from characters, the journals of Jonathan being stuck in that castle. The, you know, So that is something that I love about the movie because it brings yes. that whole thing back into it. And it feels, like you said, familiar, but just in this epic drama quality that's fantastic. Yeah. And that's what I think is fun about it too, is it's taken this 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 source material and the familiar source material and taken it and made it in this like not only in this kind of epic way, but also in kind of this um um there's a campiness to it mm -hmm. also. Like he leans into it and he does like not so far that it's silly campy, but just enough that you're just like, okay, they they're obviously having fun with this without going 
too silly with it. They're not going yeah. into John Waters territory. They're they're just just a little bit into the campy, um, you know, and, and having a little bit of fun with the material rather than especially yeah. in somebody like um, Van Helsing in in Hopkins performance of Van Helsing. Um, where he's just he you know he's just having fun with this role he's just oh, tearing yeah. into it and I can't see how anybody wasn't cracking up constantly over his stuff oh 100 so. percent. and he was having the time of his life because he just and this was the year the after yeah yeah this was a year he, after silence mm-hmm. of the lambs he and just so, came off that and he's like I'm going I'm off the leash I am yeah. un- I'm unhinged that is yeah. I wrote somewhere in here I said absolutely unhinged Van Helsing because that's what <laughs> That is, he is out of control in this movie. And I think anybody who plays Van Helsing unhinged after this point owes it to Hopkins because I don't yes. think I don't think Van Helsing was ever played like this before. Peter Cushing could didn't be play wrong. him like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think anybody played him this crazy and this like because Van Helsing is nearly insane in this. Yes. Movie. The way he comes across, you feel like he should be in Seward's sanitarium correct there. so <laughs> and is, so it's just like yeah. renfield is almost tame compared to the way that <laughs> right. he yes absolutely and yeah. like bringing up peter cushing like now that i've been i've been watching some hammer horror for the first yeah. time in my life and you can really see the influence in of that in this movie yeah. especially that carriage ride up to the castle at the beginning i was like i could be watching yeah. a hammer horror movie right now oh yeah no this way, movie owes definitely so a lot fun. to the hammer horror yeah yeah um and i've only seen a few of the hammer horror um mm-hmm. vampire movies and so it's it definitely leans into it, it it takes all of the influences that have come up to that date and really puts it in because they they knew what they were doing in hiring um keanu reeves and mm-hmm. um 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 God, what's her name? Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, when they hired both of them who were at the height of their 90s stardom. And so yeah. they they were they were definitely really good choices of, of people to pull into this movie um, at that stage in their careers because they were like, OK, let's get a couple of marquee young names to play these characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we're going to get unhinged Hannibal Lecter as, yeah. as, as Van Helsing. <laughs> we're going to get this completely unknown guy to be Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, my God, Gary Oldman in this movie. Uh, I know we're yes. jumping all over the place, but because um, I do, I want to talk about the actors and the characters and stuff like that, because yes. that's k- kind of how I, f- I I feel like that's my best way th- through in these episodes nowadays. Instead yeah. of talking about the story necessarily, each, we talk about story the characters in the yeah. story. Yeah. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I like talking about the actors and the characters yeah. and the way they play them. But Gary Oldman, he's so, so good in this movie. Like, you know, he... The good thing about Gary Oldman is that he embodies a role. He takes over that role. And he doesn't, he's not, I, as far as I know, he's not a method actor. He's just an actor. He doesn't like, you know, he doesn't have to be Dracula every step of the moment. You know, he's just that good of an actor that you can believe he is that character without being an a-hole about it. And mm-hmm. and just going full method, like, you know, people like uh, Jared Leto and stuff like that. Ooh, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't understand that, like, just being a jerk the whole time. Oh, yeah. You can only well, it's call just me by an my character name. Yeah. No, it's just um, an excuse. Well, there's people who yeah. do it correctly, like Daniel Day yeah. Lewis. And then there's certain people who say that their method. But is even an then, I would say Daniel Day Lewis is still a little much in it as well. 
I, I like I'm but the thing is is that I think I'm fine with him because it's never been an excuse for bad behavior for him for true, a lot true. of other people yeah. when they say they're being method it's 100 they're doing it excuse. to be in bad behavior yes. yeah Absolutely. so that that is annoying that's not what the method is <laughs> yeah exactly but, but yeah so as somebody who's a theater director yes you should yes. you would know <laughs> I know what the method is and it's not sending dead rats to your co-stars that's ridiculous Nobody uh, ever anyway, taught that. But Gary Oldman is not <laughs> Gary like Oldman. that. Gary Oldman is categorically a class does act. not send dead rats. We're good. Yes. Yeah. No, he is he is a class act all the way and has been and and is one of the the most fantastic actors of this generation. Um mm-hmm. he's just he's so good at what he does in embodying all these roles. And you look at the stuff that he did after this, um like um you know um when he's beethoven when he's um, mm. you know when he embodies a character even if it's a true life character he is that person and it's just like it's so good in what he does um it's just i i'm i'm always blown away uh by his work um but uh you know he's he's it's my favorite character. I, I don't talk about the Harry Potter franchise uh these days really. Um mm-hmm. but he was he he played my favorite character from the books. And once I knew he was playing my favorite character in the books, yeah. I was just like, Oh my God, this is perfect. Um, just because it's one of my favorite actors playing one of my favorite characters. And so, and he That's... played a perfect play, played a perfect Gordon in the Batman movies. It was yes. everything. Yes. Just so good. So, and it starts and he was an actor beforehand. He was in mm-hmm. Sid and Nancy and did a few things before this, but this is the movie that broke him out. This is the yes. movie that brought him to, the 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 international fame that he has had since then um, exactly and this is where everybody went oh this is yeah. a good actor oh yeah um, but and and he gets to play multiple versions of this character which is fantastic mm-hmm. he gets to play the old man version he gets to play the young sexy version and uh you know and anybody who says this guy's not sexy look i'm a straight man gary oldman is sexy as <laughs> shit in this movie <laughs> yeah well i mean i would be pulled into his damn orbit for that shit he's hypnotizing you i don't know what you're talking about he's using his powers yeah (laughs) speaking of like how do you not hear that see me scene and not see jermaine and what we do in the shadows because that's the first thing i thought of well, luckily, <laughs> luckily, I saw that movie much other, later. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. Speaking of referencing things in other movies, well, every time he, he said, see me in this, I was like, Jermaine. So Jermaine Clement's <laughs> character in what we do in the shadows is, is based on Gary Oldman's. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, his, so his, his whole thing is based on that. So, yeah, it's it's so funny. No, it's that that movie's hilarious. I love it. Um, But mm. um, yeah, this one. This one, literally, the uh, Gary Oldman took this role so that he could say the line, and it's such a good line. I mm. crossed oceans of time. Of times, yes. Like, holy crap! That fucking yep. like it, that that is just like that is the most romantic line ever. I don't care what you say about anything else. I crossed oceans of time for you. Like, <gasps> what the to hell, man? You. Yeah, to find you. <gasps> um, like. Man, that is like so good. Um, and I like I like the I like that as much as Mina is taken in, obviously she's mesmerized by him mm-hmm, and everything mm-hmm. like that. 
she has also fallen in love with him. There's something about him that transcends the mesmerism of all of it and everything like that. Um, that there's something in him that she sees that that connection. Well, um, I th- think that they do make it pretty clear that she uh, is a reincarnation. She is the resurrected. Yeah, so, Elizabetha. like, being around him means that those old memories of that past life is, yeah. you know, are reawakening and, right. you know, being brought to the surface. And I think that they, in her performance, she conveys that really clearly does a really good job with that so because there's sometimes where you might there's other vampire movies that have used this same plot point and it is just like they just look like them yeah but in this i feel like you just did fright night you know fright night had it too so i mean you know it's like she just looks like this person but i do think that they convey that that she is elizabetta for sure like she's in there it's starting you know it's always been inside of her and now being around him it's coming out again so absolutely yeah yeah no and i think that's what makes this one interesting too because like you said they've used it in other things Mm -hmm. i i'm I'm, i I, i've never read the original i've never read the dracula novel Mm. um so i don't know was that a plot point in there that Okay, so no. that's interesting, though, <clears throat> that other movies have used that and that this is also part of this. I always kind of assumed because I saw um, Dracula probably before I saw some of those other ones, like even before, I, like I'm sure I'd seen Fright Night, but I didn't remember mm-hmm. it um, before I saw uh, uh, Dracula. And so I just assumed that was part of the novel. Um, right. The, the reincarnation aspect of it because I know they had used it like in Fright Night. I know they've used it, especially since Drac- uh, Bram Stoker's yes. Dracula um, yes. and stuff like uh, Vampire in Brooklyn and um, yep. some other it stuff gets used that a I ton. can't think of. Yeah, it gets used a ton now of this like reincarnated love aspect. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I, I think that's interesting. I remember that... <laughs> if it's in earlier ones, but I know like I know for a fact it's a huge part of dark shadows but the 60s you know the original dark shadows yeah. so the 60s so maybe they were opera, taking reference from that yeah because that was a huge <laughs> cultural milestone yeah, like yeah. oh yeah that was a huge show so you know barnabas awakens and sees victoria when now it's it's victoria in the 91 but it's maggie in the 60s sorry i'm a huge dark shadows nerd but anyway <laughs> but like you know in in that it is i like they get into a little bit of the past life but it's really more right. of a she looks like my she looks like the love right. that I lost person, right. but that was a huge plot point of the sixties one. So whenever I see it, okay. I always assume it goes back to dark shadows. And that may be, that may be the case yeah. because dark shadows was such a huge pop culture thing during that time period. It may have yeah. influenced stuff like fright night and, and everything uh, yeah. uh, past that point. So that, that is interesting. Cause I didn't have a frame of reference for that. I've never watched dark shadows other than the Tim Burton movie. And, um, oh. You'd love the original soap opera. It's a hot mess. <laughs> it's a hot mess. I had a, I hit a huge, in Birmingham, I had a big discussion about how, like, how shoddy the props making and everything was. It was a 1960 soap opera. It's a yeah, hot yeah. mess, but so much fun. That's so funny. The 91 yeah. is a lot more polished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even see the 91 version. I think that's interesting that the 91, there was a, a Dark Shadows 91 series. Coming mm-hmm. out right around the same time as as this, this. was filming. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. This uh, it was only one season, got canceled after one season. And then the Dark Shadows funny. movie is a whole other situation. Yeah. 
<sighs> so, yeah, we won't get into that here. We won't but get yes. into that. <laughs> Not here but to yeah. listen to me complain about that for an hour. <laughs> so we, I think that, um, you know, this, the, that storyline is interesting. I love that storyline. So I love that they've taken that reincarnation sort of aspect of it um, and actually made it um, a, a, an effective part of it. And it gives it, and I think that gives it a lot more, um, I guess, solidification in terms of the story, in terms of um, Dracula's motivations and stuff yes. like that, that he sees not just that she is, um, that she looks like his lost love, but that she is his lost love. Um, right. And that, you know, we have this, um, um, and that he then infiltrates her whole group you know yes. by taking by taking mina first um and then you know oh, um, lucy. uh lucy sorry mm. um uh but it's interesting though too because isn't it kind of reversed in the novel no it's um, lucy no? first and then mina it's okay. yeah all oh, of that is but... very the the problem with this is that in like a thousand dracula adaptations they change yeah, the names gets... back and forth so yeah. many times that's sometimes what was confusing lucy, for me sometimes it's sometimes lucy, yeah. lucy is the married one sometimes mina okay. is so they they change the names back and forth but in the novel that that's what it is but it is right okay in there yeah, yeah, yeah. very much a case of he wants to come to London. He's got all his boxes of earth. He buys the houses so that he's all over the place. He right. takes Lucy, uses her up until she's done, and then moves on to Mina. It's not, there's no emotion involved at all. It's just, okay, well, okay. this one's done. Throw her away. Now we move on yeah, to the next now one. Now we move on to the next one. Okay. And they have, in the novel, they do have that whole scene, like, with the, where he, he does, he, he scratches his chest open and, like, she drinks his blood, like, she's hypnotized, like, all that stuff does happen in the novel. And then they do have, like, a psychic link. They are able to, like, track him through Mina, but that there is no like reincarnation we're really in love shenanigans going on it's just she's just the next one in the line he would just keep on going if the boys right. hadn't stopped him you know well and i think that's it i think that actually makes it more interesting like i said that adding in this reincarnation aspect makes that connection deeper and makes it make i guess a lot more sense in a way um to mm -hmm. why they would have such a deeper connection why she would have that link to him right. um rather than just being you know another one of his victims <laughs> you have to assume that if they had really asked lucy a question she would have had the same it's kind of like the you had a drop of his blood so now like you, yeah. he can hear where she is she can hear where he is kind of thing they just get into it with mina because right. they know to at that point ben helsing is around so they know to ask they know right. to you know at that well, point, it does become detective-y in that yeah like, tracking him down kind of way yeah and i think that also with lucy's um issue too was that she succumbs a lot faster than Mina does. Um, so I think that's that's part of it too, is that in this movie, uh, Dracula basically turns her, whereas with Mina, he's not trying to turn her. He's trying to just connect them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that was why the, the circumstances were slightly different too, is that he just, he overtook Lucy fully on that first time. Yes. Um, when he was in wolf form and you know and and took her on and took her on the stone slab and everything um which is yep 
one of the sexiest scenes in film history. <clears throat> yeah, well, uh, it was pretty graphic in the novelization. So, there you <laughs> oh, go. and this is the part you, you were talking about. Yeah, what you thought was happening was one hundred percent happening. No, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's definitely like, and and I don't mean like in the terms of him taking her was sexy because mm-hmm. that's you know that's violation and everything like that. I just meant like the like the ethereal quality of the whole scenario. Was oh, like that scene is sexy in a way so cool. Yeah, oh my god, that like scene the wind is amazing. And the rain and like the lightning effects, and then just his creature effects. It's so good. Yeah, all of that is fantastic. The way that you know he can tell Mina like don't see me, and then he's just gone. Yeah. And he's still there. All that the you know well, the and then like powers. he looks at her and he can see her like all of her blood pumping in still her got, body yes, and everything like yes, that. Her you know? heart. And then, yeah, when it goes back to him, he still has all Lucy's blood all over his fur and bleh. yeah, yeah. But no, that's what note- I'm saying. It like that part, <laughs> like there's, the, it's definitely not like sexy, sexy. That's what I want to say. No. Put, uh, put that, put that caveat on there. Like it's definitely not a sexy scene. It's it's sexy in the way that it's just shot and filmed, and there's mm-hmm. so much going on, like the flowing of the dresses and everything. It's just so gorgeous looking i think that's yes. what i meant more than anything else that is gorgeous location um, the maze yeah, like oh the, maze, the way yeah. they film in that grass maze is amazing oh, all those scenes are so good this but are we really supposed to believe stuff. she was sleeping in that outfit though that's the only thing in lucy's or or mina's <laughs> lucy she's really like in that bright orange outfit i love that i was like wow this is that's the well, one thing I don't know. that lucy's, makes it over the lucy's top. very ostentatious <laughs> so i wouldn't have been surprised honestly yeah. <laughs> everything about that scene is fantastic yeah. no it's it's a- everything about it is just it's so good it's it's this movie's filled with stuff like that, filled with scenes like that. Just mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of hard to like as much as I said I wasn't going to talk about the scenes and the movies and stuff like that. You kind of have to because everything like the the trip through the mountains that Jonathan takes to get to Dracula is just gorgeous. Like yep. and I know and the funny thing about all this is this is all done on sets. Yeah. None of this was filmed in location at all. This is all done, I think. I think it was Pinewood, quote right? me on this. I was going to say, I think it's in Pinewood, yeah, um, which so. is a huge movie studio in uh, London. Mm-hmm. Um, they now have a, don't quote me again, um, but they mm-hmm. did have a Pinewood Studios here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and they may have, they may still have it, but I'm not positive if it's been taken over or whatever. But, um, um, but Pinewood in London is this huge studio where they've done tons of movies and they have these huge studio buildings where yep. you can make these ginormous sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's just, it's crazy. And that's what they did with this. They did everything in sets um, because they were just like, let's control every aspect that we can. Yeah. Um, and rather and set than decoration, worry about that. Costume yeah. design, the everything, everything about, about this it movie is so gorgeous. Good. Yeah. And, and being somebody who is, you know, in the theater um, yeah. that, you know, you, you know about costume design and set decoration and mm-hmm. stuff like that to a degree that I, I don't know. So, I mean, that, that kind of stuff yeah. is, you know, you look at other movies with costumes and set design and everything like that. And they're great. But this movie, just this movie, they threw all their money into this. They yes. threw it all into the costuming and the set design and everything. And it's just, and it shows, you know, yeah. and, and just stunning. being, yeah. Stunning. And they just the the Dracula's castle, mm. um, 
just just it's so good like you know jonathan gets to dracula's castle it's such a great design the costuming like <clears throat> every piece of clothing that dracula wears is fantastic from that blood red weird ass armor that he wears in the, beginning, in the beginning which is like which is so great like no i i'm sure that armor is based in some kind of history um but like i'd never seen anything i don't think anybody had seen much of something like that before in 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 the normal and like the outside world mm -hmm. um outside of history um that you know we hadn't seen anything like that on screen before so that was like new and unique uh his robes that he's wearing as old mm -hmm. man dracula that that he's so iconic in that like you see him like you see old man smithers in the simpsons episode <laughs> there's a simpsons episode I think it's a treehouse of horror um, where he so. looks like that. He's got the robe on. He's got a the big crazy you know, wig. Yeah. Big crazy wig and everything. It's so dumb. Um, but like that look has become so iconic that just everything is like whenever you think of old man Dracula, that's what you go for. Yeah. Um, and the shadows and, doing things on their own. Oh, oh the, my God. The shadow hands. And that is so good. Like, mm. and the, and the fact that they did all that in camera, like in they camera. had somebody in the background doing that, um, you know, it's just like amazing, just so much. Just it's just mm. it's hard to talk about this movie really because it's so good. Um, there's so many aspects uh, of it. You gotta hit me with some of your snarky notes. Oh, you know, snarky? So. Oh, it's time for the snarky <laughs> stuff. Yeah, hit, me, okay. hit me with the snark. Uh all right, let me see. The the most <laughs> hand wavy thing that happens in this movie is the okay. vampires can be out during the day narration. I think that that I think I laughed out loud. I hadn't so, seen it in so long, but it was just and it's fine. Like, that's fine. Yeah. That's a part of the story. That's like what yeah. it is. But yeah. it just made me laugh because it felt so like everyone's been watching vampire movies in the 80s. We have to, like, explain this. We'll just have yeah. Van Helsing say that vampires can be out during the day. They're just weaker. And it's like, God, yeah, yeah. what? <laughs> I laughed so hard <laughs> it's like for a hot second that was like you know what that was that was a test audience note <laughs> they're like right? wait a minute why why is vampire why, <laughs> why is, is he out during, during the, the day? day and they're like all right get get hopkins in the booth we got to adr some line about how he can be out during the day that's 100 percent what that was that probably was yeah it took me way the hell out i laughed so hard I was like, See, what? and I didn't I didn't feel like that. I was just like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. You know, I was like, no. okay, you know what? I think part of it was just because I was like, okay, just give me more Anthony Hopkins narrating oh, shit. Cause yeah, like that dude, when he narrates anything, I'm like, I'm there. Let me listen. And then it's even better when he shows up in the carriage and he's like, and this is when I enter the story. And I'm like, that's right, yeah. bitch. Now you're here. Let's go. Cause he is out of control. That like the scene when he's lecturing and he's like civilization and civilization have advanced together. I was like, all right, well just hitting the the death and sex nail straight on the head with that yep. hammer. That's what we're yep. in for everybody. That's what's going on. I, yeah, that scene is fantastic. And everybody, it's like young Frankenstein when they're having like, and everybody claps. They're like, Oh yes. Van Helsing, you genius. All those guys sitting there in their lab coats, listening to him lecture yeah. like an absolute lunatic. Oh um, yeah, no, and he is like that's <laughs> that's what's crazy. He is a he's he's I'm I'm a he may only be a visiting lecturer. I don't know, but I th yeah. think he's probably a professor there at that school. And it's oh, just like God. everybody's just like, oh, we got to take Van Helsing's class. Jesus Christ, oh, this guy's yeah. nuts. He's you know because you know he's got to be nuts at that time period too because he's doing stuff that's experimental. 
yes. and stuff like that that's beyond and 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 this is saying a lot because in the 1890s early 1900s and shit and even, i mean even today we're doing a lot of experimental work mm-hmm. but they were doing a lot of experimental stuff because they didn't know anything for a long yeah. like a long time they were doing barbaric shit um, oh yeah and so the late 1800s early 1900s is where we kind of firmed up a lot of stuff but they had to do a lot of barbaric shit even then doing... to get to that point so and but they were having to do it's... wild experimental stuff and you had to have like and don't get me wrong it is heinous heinous shit that they did yes. to get to this point mm-hmm. um I'm glad that we're at this point, but to get to that point, they had to do some of the most reprehensible shit to humans ever possible. Yep. Um, it, it's basically on experimentation par with it, it, like human experimentation and torture um, mm-hmm, in, in mm-hmm. so many ways. Um, and it, like, again, I'm glad we're to the point we're past that for the most part. Um, but, you know, it's it's but I'm glad they had to do something. I wish they'd mm-hmm. been able to figure it out some somewhere in along some the other line, way. Be- a better way. Yeah. But no, but that's what Van Helsing reminds me of in this movie is just, he's that uh-huh. nightmare guy just going, we need to do things as crazy as possible because yeah. we need to figure shit out. Well, that's what he does. <laughs> so, like he shows yeah. up and I always feel, I feel bad for Seward because he's like, okay guys, like I got this. I'm going to call this guy. He's the most brilliant guy I know. (laughs) And the first thing he does is like, take off your shirt. We got to pump your blood into her. We're going to put this giant needle in your arm. Everything's fine. Like poor Carrie always is in there. Like what is going on? And he's just like, it's fine. It's fine. This is my guy. He's got it. And he is just a stark raving lunatic running around that bedroom. And Seward's like, no, really, I can vouch for him. It's okay. Don't worry. Seriously, guys, I promise (laughs) this guy's legit. And they're all like, you're fucking nuts too. Absolutely. Spoilers, but I'm sure everybody knows after Lucy's dead. And it's like, was she in pain? Yeah, she's in pain. So I I chopped off her head and I like how matter of fact she says it. It's like I chopped off her head. And we're all just looking at him. He's out of control in this movie. And it's brilliant. It's But he's not wrong either. The dude is on point. That's what makes it even better is that (laughs) He has to be psychotic because what they're <laughs> dealing with is something beyond humanity. Yes. And so like you need somebody like him because everybody else is just like, ha- like waving it away going, no, that can't be possible. What's That's going on? True. He's like, no, this is exactly what's going on. You all need to step up and do what I say. And for <laughs> and their they sake, do. they do. Yeah. Well, yeah, because after the top tier crypt scene, that is the that's yes. my favorite scene in the whole movie. The crypt scene's amazing. Sadie Frost is the MVP of this movie, oh, in my opinion. Oh, good. She's so good in this that movie. Poor little the child, creepy, too. Oh, oh my God. God. The, and she just drops like a rock. <laughs> she <They're> like, does. <laughs> just boom. Boom. But yeah, the creepy wedding dress and all the candles yeah. coming on at the same uh. time. The way, the way they filmed her getting out of it and then played it backwards so it looks so yeah. creepy when she climbs into the crypt. All that is just perfect. That whole scene is amazing. I love it. Yeah. You know, and then we got Rocketeer and Wesley and old Loki to the rescue coming on in. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. Great. <laughs> my favorite trio oh. of all time. And They're it's all such fantastic. a weird fucking bunch of people too it's like the weirdest grouping you got the american cowboy you got the (laughs) The, british lord the british lord and this guy who runs an asylum (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> There's no explanation in the book for why they're friends either. I no. feel like if I feel no, like if they're because is, they're not friends, they're not friends. They're all united about Lucy. They were yeah. all they're after all suitors. Lucy. No, they were friends. Yeah, they were, were friends. They? Yeah. Okay, because I could. Okay, but no. I can sort of see. Okay, so I can kind of see where they might be friends. So mm -hmm. I'll make the connection here. Okay, Seward and um. Carrie Ellis's character. Were Seward and Arthur, buddies. you can see that they probably yeah, they, yeah, were probably they run in the same circles. Sort. Yes. Exactly. Then then um Quincy. Um, Qu Quincy and Carrie Ellis's character. What's his name again? Uh is Arthur Homewood. Ar Arthur Homewood. Yes. Um, so Quincy and Arthur probably became friends over like you know, hunting or something like that. Something yeah. weird, you know, yeah, there's a like way that. that it works. Yeah. There's a way to happen. So I could see all three of them becoming friends in a mm -hmm. weird way. Like I can see Seward and Quincy not really being friends, but they're united through Arthur. You know, it's that, that kind of weird friend group where like, yes. there's one person that unites everybody else. And if it weren't, if you take that one person out, everybody would be like, okay, we're all, uh, we're like, not friends. We're with not each really other. friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're just friends through association. Yes. But so, yeah, so she was after the, all three the of them. And then, of course, because she's an English lady, decides to go for the guy with all the money. But then it doesn't matter because she's <laughs> dead anyway. So it's fine. Yeah. You know, she's going to get her head chopped off and a stake through her heart. She's not in pain anymore. Everything is fine. Right. She is. Yeah, she is so good in this movie. I love oh, Sadie she Frost is. And that movie. like that's what's interesting, too, is like I said, she she gets bitten. She gets taken over. The vampirism affects her right away. Mm -hmm. Um. And she starts turning. She is in pain that yeah. whole time until she dies. Um, she's just like, and that's what's different between what happens to her and what happens to Mina is that the 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 what's happening with Mina is more of a slow process and it's not as invasive. Whereas what happens with her, the vampirism is almost like a parasite that's killing her. Yeah. And changing her. Um, so I, I think that's, you know, cause every moment from that point on every moment from the time that she meets with Dracula is just pain, mm -hmm. um, until death. Um, and nothing stops it. Not even the transfusion, the transfusion barely slows it down. So, yeah. Uh, it's it just, just insane. Yeah. yeah it's just no. given him more to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because he comes back to her <laughs> he later comes too. Back yeah. and he's like, yeah. "Great, you're, yeah, you're, <laughs> oh, you haven't you got died a yet? refill. Excellent, <laughs> seconds. That is what happens. Yeah, they is. just keep pumping more blood into her, and he's like, awesome. And he's like, oh, <laughs> excellent, <laughs> some more blood to have. <laughs> I didn't think you were gonna have any more. <laughs> oh God, oh, it's man. so good. It's so yes. so good. And poor Renfield." He's uh, he's okay, another so one. I'm not. <laughs> he, what'd you say? I said he's another one. I think it's such an understated I don't, performance for what the character understated. Is. That thing <laughs> compared to okay. Hopkins. Well, yeah, of course, everybody's understated compared to Hopkins. I know he's on another level. <laughs> but, but so I'll I'll say this: I'm not a big Tom Waits fan as mm -hmm. an actor in general, like that, like. It's okay. I get what he's going for. And don't get me yep. wrong. It's perfect for this, this particular thing, but take him out. I'd be fine with the rest of the movie. Like the, oh, he's the, yeah. he's literally the only downside for the movie for me Um, huh. is just that, but he's in such a small part of it that I don't care. You know, yep. it, it, it just is like, okay, whatever. I'll get yeah. past it. It's fine. No, I like um, his scenes with Richard E. Grant and I like his scene with Winona Ryder. I, I like, yeah. I, 
that stuff it does it works for me that works for me but yeah also you're heading into the uh, this is another snarky note the you'll be safe quote-unquote rules of scary movies it's like it's okay we're gonna go rip his house apart but you're gonna be fine in this room all by yourself put on a nightgown <laughs> and go to bed it'll all be okay yeah it 100 percent will not be yeah because they're underestimating who dracula is this dude <laughs> This dude, and this is what I think is fun about this movie too. It actually shows that he can change into mist, change into yeah. like rats. The rats. He, you know, he could just the, the rat scene is insane, man. All oh, the shape shifting like, is great. Yeah, it's so good. It's like just shows the power of Dracula, mm-hmm. like in 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 a way that no movie had really done before. Yeah, um, that you know, it just and it opened the door for every Dracula movie that came afterward, every vampire movie that came afterward. I think owes such a huge debt to this movie um, in terms of moving that um, the, the, the power set and, and so much beyond like, cause we always kind of knew that they had that. And you see that in other movies, there is shape shifting. There is mm-hmm. some of the mist. They, they, most of the shape shifting, they just turn into bats. The bat. away. Yeah. The bat. Um, and I love in this one too, because he turns into a bat, but he turns into a, like a man bat. And so it's yes. like the most scary ass shit ever, man. He's hanging it's like, upside he comes down. down, he comes down out of, out of the rafters at them. And it's yes. just like, holy hell, man. And he's just like, you know, yes, so <laughs> you can't gross. see it. I'm on, like, I'm on screen with, with Violet. So she saw me do the motion, but with his arms and shit like with that. The it's weird just like, arms up. Yes. Yeah. It's like, what the hell, man? Like, and it's so good the performance again this just goes back into gary oldman completely mm-hmm. committed he may have only done the role to spout that one line that epic line yeah but he committed so fully to this role um that he was so good and apparently though there was some little strife on the set between him and uh winona writer they didn't get um, along yeah they didn't get along but apparently he was going through a divorce at the time mm-hmm. um, and he was drinking a lot and yeah. so there was that aspect of it and um he was um they they have since resolved it and they are mm-hmm. friends again. Um, but um it was, and she it was Keanu Reeves may have actually been married. <laughs> they did actually get married. Um at least in terms of the ceremony, because the ceremony their characters for the get married in is actually performed by a real priest. By a real priest. And so supposedly now, she to be still fair, texts him, hey husband. When I was researching this, I read that they still that's refer so to awesome. each other as husband and wife. And that's even funnier because, you know, he's never married. Um, <laughs> no. And he's haunted by uh, uh, his girlfriend's death. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know that he's ever going to get past that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, he's dating somebody now again. I, I, I did recently see that he's dating. Somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. He's, she seems to be making him happy and he deserves that. Keanu yeah. Reeves is such a a. a a crazy good guy for for the fact that he's been in Hollywood as long as he has. And to be just as like good of a person as he is, is just amazing. It's just a Mm -hmm. testament to the, the, his own character um, that uh, he, he's still like this uh, to this day. Yep. Um, And with such a good sense of humor about it too, about everything. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I mean, this guy's been in three, like I would say, three huge properties two two for sure huge properties mm-hmm. um i i i i include bill and ted's as the third huge property because i it. love the bill and ted's guys <laughs> but between between the matrix and john wick mm-hmm. uh he's been involved in like some of the most iconic um you know, 
characters of all time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's 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 hard to put that into context. Nobody rarely gets more than one iconic character, and he's right. gotten three. Three. So, so um, you know, and and he just you know he just enjoys the work too, and that's what's uh, that's what's cool about it too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but as much as as much as people give him shit about that accent and i jokingly uh, give I give him shit because i don't care i think he, i think he does really good with the accent but no, i think I that pleasantly surprised having seen it again <laughs> after so many years i was like you know he's really not that bad in this he's no, really, no. he's fine in this there's it's fine really yeah but he 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 doesn't he's not in the movie all that much so he's in the beginning a little bit yeah. and then in the end um and then there's, you know, because he's, you know, being held captive in the castle by the brides. By the brides. Um, yeah. And uh, and an early role by uh, Monica Bellucci. Yes. So, yes. Um, who's now, um, you know, connecting back to a, a earlier Matrix. moment. She's now, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, she's, oh. not only was she in the Matrix, yes. <laughs> but she's also dating Tim Burton now. So they've been dating for a while. It's uh, it's definitely a weird combination. Um, but they I'm making they, the worst face listeners. I'm you sorry, are. It's so but funny. I just made ugh. it's it's a weird combination, but it seems to be making both of them super happy. So I'm like, I just okay, don't I'm know how he continues to pull these women. I don't get it. <laughs> right? but that's, a, that's a whole other like, situation. So, dude, weird guys get the girls. <laughs> it's the funniest, weirdest thing you see in real life all the time is like you get the weirdest, awkwardest, funkiest looking dudes. And um, and they pull like the hottest babe sometimes i mean he's been with helena bottom carter um well uh, i don't talk about her that's a whole other situation you and i just have to start a podcast that's called that's a whole other situation where we talk about all the stuff that we say all right off air i'm gonna need to know this (laughs) helena bottom carter situation oh it's me it's me being stupid but the uh lisa marie was gorgeous Uh, lisa marie yeah gorgeous yeah Yeah. oh my god left her for helena bottom carter explain that to me (laughs) Figure that one yeah. out. All right. Now we're like next up on <laughs> Tim Burton gossip. <laughs> well, because I was mentioning it because we had previously Monica Bellucci. Yes. Well, Dark Dark Shadows. Oh, and Dark Shadows too. Yeah. Yes. He single handedly yeah. ruined is, one of my favorite This has weirdly started to becoming you know, the Tim Burton cast, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is, which is ironic this. because uh, she's Violet is coming on for a future episode next year where we will be talking about a Tim Burton movie. Two. two Tim Burton movies, right? Right. right. <laughs> I forgot uh, about that. Like I was thinking of just the one, but I was thinking of the one you probably weren't, th- weren't thinking. I was thinking of. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> so, <laughs> spoilers, Sleepy yeah. Hollow, but then another one. So yes, but yes, it's okay. We'll, it's we'll okay. Stay Still tuned. Know. Stay tuned. Sometime next year, uh-huh, Violet's uh-huh. coming back to do Sweeney Todd. And yep. Sweeney. Yes. So. Oh yes, very <laughs> excited. Get ready to sing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, but yes, this movie, like, I, I don't want to belabor this movie too much because we do mm. still have to talk about. We it have another before. one. Yeah. But. <laughs> This movie, this movie. What do you have any more snarky notes? Uh, I really, we there weren't as snarky as I thought. Although I did get <laughs> you so good with Rocketeer, Wesley, and Old Loki to the rescue. You did. You, you, did. you got me real good. I was. I got you real good with that yeah. one. I was real so proud I'm of a, myself. 
I'm a you huge love fan of the Rocketeer. I love Rocketeer I too. Yeah, I love the Rocketeer. And love seeing it. Billy Campbell in this movie was yep. so great because this is like a year after uh, Rocketeer came out. Also. I think so. so yeah, year two, I th- 90, 91, somewhere around there was mm-hmm. Rocketeer. Um, and then you know that did poorly, which was unfortunate. But it's so um, sad. I love it though. Oh, I love, love the Rocketeer. <laughs> so good. Um, and the comic books are are. are fabulous also yeah. the original comic books done by dave stevens uh it, they're so good i'm gonna love dave stevens for the rest of my life because one he did a cool comic book that became a really cool movie and mm-hmm. he's also the one that um uh brought um uh betty page in part brought betty page back to public consciousness and found her and made sure she got the money for all Aww. the stuff that was being made in her image Oh, so, good. Yeah. He actually, they became such good friends that um, he used to go pick her up and take her to the store and stuff. They were just Aww. really great friends. And so, so, and that was really cool. He made the, he made the rest of her years really, really sweet. So it was really mm-hmm. cool. So, yeah. That's so, so nice. If anybody I wants to know the story about all that, there's a, there's a really great documentary called Betty Page uh, Reveals All. So uh, that's really cool. That's so cute. Looking at my looking at my uh, <laughs> uh shelf over there. There's also a really cool documentary about Dave Stevens that came out uh not too long ago. Um I helped uh kickstart that. So cool. That's really cool. Um uh, it's a yeah. I think it's streaming somewhere now. I'm not positive, but yeah, no, there's definitely um a couple of really cool um documentaries out there. But uh yeah, no, <laughs> getting back to uh, um <laughs> Billy Campbell being in this Billy Campbell yep. Carrie Elwes because Carrie Elwes is not a few it's just a few years after um uh, uh Princess, Princess Bride, Bride. Mm-hmm. um and then Richard E Grant who yep. I don't think was super I mean he I was mostly sure he, he was well known in British stuff yeah yeah a lot of TV exactly. and stuff yeah he's actually um, I just so, yeah. saw him play a bad guy in Doctor Who so I'm on my <laughs> on go. my big long watch <laughs> a couple of times. But yeah, no, everybody everybody's so good in this movie. It's well cast. It's it's well directed, well written. Everything is just so good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Gorgeous. And it's in yeah, it's just it's just so good looking. Uh every character's on point. Um, you know, it's just it, it's it's if you have not seen Bram Stoker's and the music, the music's Yes. so good in this um yes it's, it's just it's everything is so good if you have not seen bram stoker's dracula and you like vampire movies um what are you doing you should have already seen yeah this i know you should, this um, is a formative <laughs> you experience should, yeah this is formative like <laughs> i went on i went on um uh uh angel krauss's youtube channel uh, uh early on um in my podcasting career. Mm-hmm. um and uh um, she had me on for uh, five influential horror movies. And this was one of my f- five because yeah. this is one of those movies that has just um, affected me uh, so much that mm. um, it just, it's, it's a foundational in terms yeah. of my horror uh, horror love. So, but uh, yeah, no, it's a go see it, go check it out. It, it's, it should be available streaming anywhere. If not get the 4k, it's really good. Oh yeah. I got it on Amazon and it's, yeah, it's got uh yeah, check out the uh, the the 4K has like all the cool special features and everything too, mm. including commentaries and and everything. So I miss definitely commentaries. 
Yeah, that's why I get the discs. Yeah. That's why I make sure I buy discs is because you don't get once in a while they'll put them on special features on 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 the digital storefronts yeah. and such. Um, because I'm a big believer in voodoo, um, at least in terms of digital storefronts. Like, don't don't get me wrong, don't trust these guys to keep your shit. Um, we yeah. just had um just um um what is it? Uh Sony uh just had this happen on the on PlayStation, is that they've had to remove some um Warner Brothers Discovery content because they're no longer doing the license through them or something like that so, so some stuff that people have bought through them is now gone now um gone. and you have to know going into this even with voodoo um that what you're paying for is a temporary yeah thing it's like a you, short-term you know, a license temporary. if voodoo yeah. ever goes out of business i'm screwed i've got over 600 movies in there so Ugh. so because i will buy a bunch just on there that i don't have physically because i don't necessarily need everything to be physical yeah. Um, and so, but the stuff I really want, I get physical and I make sure that I have the discs and that's why I've been upgrading to 4k because 4k is pretty much future proof at this point. There's not going to be anything better than 4k, right? People, people talking about 8k coming out, but my eyes can't tell that <laughs> big of a difference between 4k and blu-ray anyway. So, yeah. so, I but, you know, yeah. So I'm just like, okay, I'm getting the 4k's we're upgrade. We'll make sure it's future proof for the rest of my life anyway. Um, and, uh, we'll see how things go, but, uh, but yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely a big yes. believer in physical media. So, uh, get, get, if you like it, you have buy not. it on physical. Yes. Yes. <laughs> see this if you have not. See this but if yeah. you have not. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to 1994's mm. interview with the vampire. Oh, a very yes. gothic, very, I wouldn't say romantic, um, but very, like not romantic in terms of love, but kind of that romantic feel to it. It's it's got oh, that um gothic. Um, we're back. Yeah, we're yeah. In, like, we're yeah. heavily in that heavy, gothic. heavy. Like heavy whereas, gothic. whereas, like definitely, Bram Stoker's Dracula was in the gothic milieu of sorts. This one interview with the vampire is dripping in gothicness. Yes, it's like it's a very like it does gothic plus mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's weird it's like it's really heavy into it and um you know it's and that's that's to its to its strengths and to its deficits in some ways um um it's so i would say i'm not as big a fan of this movie uh, okay. as i am with Bram stokers i've it's been um probably over 20 years since i last saw it um Whoa. it's not it's not a go-to <laughs> yeah it's not a go-to vampire movie when i go hey i want to watch vampire movie what do i want to watch so I don't own it. I had to watch it on uh, uh I think it's on the Max now. Yeah. Um, so I had to watch it on there. Um and so it's it's a good movie. I will give it that. It's a good movie. Anne Rice knows what she's doing um in terms of her story and they adapted the story well. I think the only Anne Rice novel that I've actually ever read fully was um the uh, the first mummy novel. Uh, okay. Ramsey's the damned. So yep. and I like I that one. I was going to ask. I said, okay, have you read all these? And the answer no. is no. No. Okay. So I think I, I think I started <laughs> to read interview with the vampire at some point. I think part of the problem is, is that I'm not a huge lover of Gothic stuff. I like, that's not necessarily true. I like Gothic stuff depending on the movie and everything like that. Yeah. I like Gothic weird, not Gothic kind of straight up where this movie as much as this is weird it's still kind of more straight up gothic um 
yeah, this one is. The further yeah. you get along in that series, you're looking for <laughs> in weird. the book series. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. yeah, I was I was a by first day, have it finished by midnight and rise. Wow. I absorbed this like as part of my personality. I read everything that woman wrote and and yeah the first mummy novel is great too yeah oh, that was definitely fantastic. one of my favorites yeah, yeah. oh it's so I, I haven't i've read i only just found out when researching her mm-hmm. and everything else around this was that um she'd written two more um she mummy did. novels um but, so i don't know if those were any good or not did you read them probably it's like this all it's I'm, I've just read everything. Just a huge jumble. Yeah, yeah. it's just a, it's a giant jumble. And I always have to bless Wikipedia because I'm always like, OK, I know I read all this because I started watching Mayfair Witches, too, because yes. actually I love the witching hour more than the Vampire Chronicles. OK, because I like all the lore combined in that series is unbelievable. And they do. I mean, like spoilers, they but do it, it does. They cross over toward that yeah. toward the end. So like when you're yeah. into like book 12, book 13 of Vampire Chronicles, it's also Mayfair Witches. Yeah. Which they had three on their own and then like four, five, six. So yeah. the numbers get a little weird. But yeah, I, I have that's to what I heard jump- was like the later the later Mayf- Mayfair witch books were just combined with the the yeah. Vampire Chronicles, and yeah. so the later Vampire Chronicles and Mayfair witches and were Mayfair just witches are in the same combined. Books. Yeah, yeah, they're so in the same. A, so she just said she stopped separating them. She's just like, I'm just going to make these three books all about both. <laughs> right. Well, because what winds up happening is that the the Talamasco, which is the uh, kind of like the Sherlock Holmes detective agency of the supernatural in her okay. books kind of ties everything together. So you'll have gotcha. investigators from the Talamasca in interview the vampire, you know, those, you know, the vampire chronicles, and then also a big part of Mayfair witches. And as those characters kept coming together, it does like, I can see it may, it does make sense to combine everything into one yeah. uni- universe, which is the parlance for today. Probably but, saves her time too. Instead of writing separate yeah. books, she's just like, now, now everything is now. combined. We're all in yeah. like the same, like you knew it was all kind of in the same universe and that they were all in new right. Orleans. So eventually everybody was at some point going to yeah. meet. I'm a so sucker. I'm a sucker. Work for a combined universe type mm-hmm. thing like that like um people who write books like that like uh elmore leonard and and, and yeah. people like that who use multiple characters and stuff like that i'm obviously a big fan of tarantino and kevin smith who do the same thing same where they thing. reuse characters across stuff um so you know it's just yeah. that's 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 one of my you know perfect things is i love when a when a when a writer creator does does stuff like that so. it's very similar that's to my that. jam to cool. that thing so you have that agency that kind of ties everything together because they're all investigating the things that are right. going on with all the, the characters. vampires and the witches yeah. vampires and the witches and other things and yeah <laughs> all of that stuff but yeah and it did like we're getting a little bit ahead but on your episode <laughs> yeah. your episode with donna and talking about how we had these 80s vampires yeah and how they were in you know in <laughs> their time you know, Jerry Dandridge is in those 80s dad sweaters. Yeah. And, you know, so like those movies are in their time. And then we're going to go talk about these 90s movies where we're all the way back in the 17, 1800s. And yeah. we're going to get back into that time frame. But I'm not going to talk. Queen of the Damned is a horrible movie, but <laughs> it's a, it's a god awful movie. But in terms of these books where Interview with the Vampire, the book came out in the late 70s. And then you had Vampire Lestat in the early 80s. And then Queen of the Damned was about mid eighties, and yeah. Lestat was a rock star. Yeah, that's 
that the so she so Anne Rice did follow him from mm-hmm. 1700s Paris to early colonial America right. to then going in the ground and then waking up and saying, you know what, it'd be really awesome if this whole world worshipped me. Who are the people that get worshipped in this day and age, America, mm-hmm. mid 1980s? Rock stars. Let's yeah. go. So. He did, you know, come into that 80s, this character that we're going to talk about, did come into that 80s modern, I'm embracing this modern time, right? you know, doing that whole thing, which was really fun. So, yeah, no, I know by the by the mid 80s, like when before this movie came out, the Vampire Lestat book was a phenomenon Mm -hmm. Um, that they that book was the book in terms of like anything like that if if you you couldn't not hear like between Stephen King and everything because don't get me wrong Stephen King dominated the 80s in terms of books um there was nobody you heard of more than him but you did hear about the vampire Lestat too and about this rock star vampire and everything Mm -hmm. so and you didn't I mean we didn't really hear much more about it unless you actually were interested enough to read it you were reading it yep yeah and so, uh, you know, when they finally said, okay, we're, we're going to put out interview with the vampire. Um, we're going to put out the first movie. It's going to be part of a whole new series. And apparently, mm-hmm. you know, when researching interview with the vampire went through a lot of troubled, um, hiccups to get to finally getting made. Um, yeah. there was a lot of stops and starts, uh, not yeah. really troubles, just stops and starts. Like a lot of movies do, yeah, um, development you know, trying, it was in yeah, the... exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it finally made it out of development hell. They got Brad Pitt and um, Tom Cruise to play the characters. Um, Kirsten Dunst, it's her first big breakout role. Um, and uh, you got Neil Jordan directing, who mm-hmm. um, had just come off The Crying Game, yep. uh, which was a phenomenon. It um, was a phenomenon. So it was like, I cannot tell you. We don't really have it in our modern society now with the internet. We don't really have the ability to keep secrets about a movie anymore. Yes. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, if something came out, even in the late 90s, because I would argue that um, um, even with the internet, because it wasn't nearly as prevalent, the uh, ending of The Sixth Sense was able to be held for a long time. I was just well. about to say yeah. Sixth Sense was still a secret and Crying Game. Yeah. Was this, when I saw Crying, crying game, game, was, I was like, Crying what? Game was this yeah. one where everybody like they even put it into their marketing um, like, because it was in the movie theaters for a little while. And then everybody's like, oh, my God. And then they turned it around and almost immediately put out more ads going, don't spoil the surprise of the Crying yeah. Game, you know. And so, like, it's a huge thing. I'm not going to spoil it here. Like, no. it's a 30 plus year old movie you got to go watch it i've never seen it but i know what the surprise is so um, oh you you have to go in blind yeah 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 it's, yeah. And it's a it's a so, it's a good watch i would it is yeah. a good movie yeah no and I, yeah. I like it's it's not a movie i care to watch but i would agree that based on what i've seen of it that mm-hmm. and i've heard of it that yes you know it's a good movie so yeah um but it's 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 one of those movies that you definitely need to go in as blind as possible or it does kind of spoil everything for you. And, and I think that, you know, it's the same with The Sixth Sense. If you know what, the, you, know, yes. you know, the 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 sad thing is you kind of know about The Sixth Sense because, um, well, no, I mean, you don't just because because it's in the original marketing that he sees dead people. That's why he sees dead people. Um, but yeah. the end, the ending twist mm-hmm. the thing that made M. Night Shyamalan who he is today, the twists. 
Mm-hmm. And I argue that his twi- his movies are great. Like there's he's got a few that are stinkers. Um, but um, but overall, I say most of the Shyamalan movies are, are great. So even his uh, even even some of his lesser works, yeah. are are still really good in their own ways. So I enjoy most of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I what I would say for Shyamalan, there's only really three stinkers two i haven't even seen i have no desire to see which are avatar or not avatar the last airbender and mm-hmm. after earth i have no desire to see either one of those movies oh i haven't seen those either. To me. Yeah. yeah no and the other one <laughs> the other one that i will argue is a stinker is uh the happening so anything <laughs> everything to- else i argue is actually decent not listen great and- not always great andy but- and sean talk about the happening you will cry laughing uh, so <laughs> I argue, I argue, I argue, we're going to go off on a tangent real quick. <laughs> I argue that in the happening, everybody in that movie, um, the the three main characters, Mark Wahlberg, um, Zoe Deschanel, and uh, uh, John Leguizamo, they are intentionally acting bad. Um, they, Because you might argue that Mark Wahlberg is a terrible actor, and I wouldn't disagree with you for the most part, but he is a better actor than what he's doing in the happening and both mm-hmm. Joey Deschanel and John Leguizamo at, at very most are terrific actors, are good actors who, yes. who even if you have terrible, t- a terrible script, you can still make something good out of that. They are acting terrible in this movie. <laughs> and I think it's on purpose. So, and I think that's part of what's happening is that I think that's Shyamalan's point is was to make them act bad on purpose. And I think it's something that people don't talk about. And I think it's something that it's just my theory. It's just my I, theory that they're acting bad on purpose. That is fine. Nobody can give those lines as terribly as they do and not know they're doing it that way. So that's hysterical. Oh my God. Cause that, cause the, the overall storyline of the happening isn't bad. I actually think it's a good storyline. Right. That, the, that, you know, the, here's the twist, everybody, cause it doesn't matter. Everybody <laughs> hates the happening, but the, the, the twist is that the plants are killing us. So that, that, that they're taking back the world and, and like creating the toxin that's killing humans or making yes. us kill ourselves. Um, <laughs> which is it's dumb don't get me wrong but is it any dumber than some of the cheesy 70s like eco horrors and stuff like that you know it's not it it's wouldn't no be dumb to that. poison ivy yeah exactly see <laughs> see there's there's a, there's a way to make anything <laughs> and, the, work. And, and it's actually based in reality there are some plants that can do that kind of stuff yes. so um but anyway yeah, <laughs> we'll get off the Shyamalan talk. This is not the Shyamalan cast or the Tim Burton uh, cast. How did we get here? Oh, Neil Jordan in the Crying Game. Okay, so yes, yes, yes. twists. Yes, yes. so twists. this movie does not have a twist. But Neil Jordan, no. he's, a, he's a good director. Um, I would argue that you know he's a decent director. This movie's this movie is a good movie. I'm not going to say it's a good yes. Movie. It's not a favorite of mine. Um, but it it is a good movie. I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or if it was oh later because. By 94, I was 20. I was probably more poor. Um, and I wasn't going to the <laughs> theaters as much. Um, so God, that's all yeah. I did. Saw everything. Yeah. But no, I uh... I rented videos, but you know, so I usually would see them after they hit video. So. Right. But yeah, yeah it's no, a definitely saw this it, in this the is movie a good theater. Movie. Yeah. And I and I think that 
I think Tom Cruise is a is a weird choice, but it's a, it it he does well with the role. I think yeah. somebody else could have done a better job, um, but I don't hmm. know who. Yes, um, at I mean, that time period, I um, think that was part you, of it. You kind of needed somebody like Tom Cruise to play against type, yeah. sort of, because I argue that it's not that far off type. Because it as isn't. much as Tom Cruise plays the hero, he plays an asshole hero. He doesn't and play a like straight up nice guy type of person. He he always plays this very kind of flawed, um, very kind of um, antagonistic hero. Yep. Um, yep. So like, I, I would agree. I was one of those not people that who off. was mad. <laughs> I was mad about as the was Anne Rice. And she sure was. Um, yeah, I remember I was really annoyed about it. And then I saw the movie and I, I did change my mind. I think, you yeah. know, at the time I said, OK, no, he did. He did great. He, he pulled he it off. And I think if they had been able to continue making the next movie was going to be like a combo of Vampire Lestat and Queen of the Damned. And if they had yeah. let him continue and he had gotten to be Rockstar Lestat, yeah. I think he would have been great yeah. as that character progressed. Um, because right. like, you know, spoiler alert for a novel that was published a gajillion years ago like vampire Lestat is very much just at least half of it is interview with the vampire just Lestat's point of view so oh really does, okay yeah so it does fill in a lot of what so that makes sense why they needed to combine vampire Lestat he, and queen of the dam they that was the plan was to do that because then you could get like you could do what happened to him in paris and how he grew up and became a vampire and all this stuff and then went to america because you'd already seen interview with the vampire right and you know and the way the movie, you saw their both of their viewpoints better than the book, which is entirely Louis's point of view and yeah. is a bit of a slog because he is always whining. Like that is the way so, his character is. That yeah. is the, what the character is. That's okay. why Brad Pitt was miserable filming this movie because yeah. Tom Cruise got to go off and have all the fun because he's the fun character. Brad Pitt looks miserable. He's like, miserable. He looks like he is like, and I, and yeah. reading up on this, he was miserable. He was he so was miserable so because he's filming miserable. at nights and this character is such a slog that he yeah. was just, he was, he was literally so depressed yes. during the filmmaking of this. And you can see it on screen. He hates this he role. hated it he would never he have it. come back if they had continued no. and tried to make more of these he would never have come back and i this get character it is so boring it. this character is so Ugh, boring and you put somebody who's sad. like brad pitt and yes. i think brad pitt at this point in time <laughs> at this point in time i wouldn't say he was the actor that he would be in just in just like a year or two later yes um he would become an actor that I would enjoy um, mm -hmm. because the, the one, two punch of like um, 12 monkeys and uh, seven. Yeah. Uh, those are the movies that really show you who he is as a, as an actor. Yeah. Um, and I argue really it's 12 monkeys um, mm -hmm. that shows you that more than anything else. Um, yeah. And cause I think without 12 monkeys, we don't get fight club. We don't get I agree. The, that version of Brad Pitt and Fight Club. Yes. Um, I don't think Brad Pitt takes that role, but Brad Pitt's the one who made Fight Club happen. Yes. Um, because Brad Pitt's the one who brought the book to the producers. Mm -hmm. Um but coming back because I don't want to get off on another tangent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can yeah. he is he but is this, legitimately miserable, and that is Louis. So Louis miserable. is yeah, Louis is miserable. Yeah. So you read a whole book about here's my miserable life. 
And then when you get into finally all the time, Lasat's point of view never goes back to like, there's yeah. sections of the books where the other characters will take a chapter or so, especially in Queen yeah. of the Damned. It's very, because of the broad story of how many, yeah. like, you know, Lestat never goes back to Louis. Lestat is off with Akasha and like, you know, and then you see, you know, Jesse is, Jesse is a Talamasca agent. And so you yeah. see her researching what's going on, you know, so like yeah. you, there's chapters that are from different characters perspectives, but you barely ever hear from Louie again. That's funny. Like it, because I don't, well, and she must, she must have recognized that. Head. Well, because she made Vampire Lestat the book and that became such a runaway hit that yeah. she was just like, and so that's what boggles me too is that why don't you not start with the vampire Lestat movie instead of even focusing on Louis's thing because realistically the character that everybody embraced was Lestat yes. and that's what you should have started with to get into it don't get me wrong interview with the vampire blew up it is a oh, yeah. it was a successful movie it is a critically acclaimed movie yeah. everybody loves this movie it like it's one of those movies and like i said it may not be for me but i can admit it's a good movie mm -hmm. you know and so it's a good movie um, it's another one that looks movie. gorgeous yeah yeah it looks great um and and i argue the best person in this movie is kirsten dunst yes um she is for her age she was what 11 or 12 when she filmed this she was cast um, when she was 10 so yeah, yeah between yeah. like 11 and 12 yes her performance yeah. is extraordinary Oh, it is, it is nightmarish how good she is in this movie. Yeah. She is an 11 to 12 year old who looks and sounds like she's an adult on the inside. Yeah. And which is what the character needed. You needed somebody who could do that. She mm -hmm. was one of the first ones they saw and blew them out of the water. Yep. They went, but didn't cast her originally because they were like, wait, let's see if there's we anybody see even better. They went back through everybody else. And then they had to come back to her because she was just the one who was perfect for this mm -hmm. role. Mm -hmm. Now, I've mentioned this on several podcasts before. I don't like her in the Spider-Man movies because I think that she she's not. The character of Mary Jane is not who Kirsten Dunst is. Um, right. I don't care how, how she would have played that character. I don't think she is good in that role. Like mm -hmm. the role doesn't fit her as an actress. But I love her as an actress. Well, I wouldn't say love her, but I've loved her in other things. And I think mm -hmm. she's really good and stuff like that. Yes. Um, like um, look, I will I'm a I I'm I'm a I wouldn't say I'm a big fan, but I love uh Bring It On. Um, I love that a, movie it's a, too. It's a fun movie. It's a <laughs> yes, fun movie. It's a fun movie. Um, yeah, and she's great in it. Yeah. She's great in that. You know, she's mm -hmm. so good in that. And it's like there's other movies that she's been in that I'm not thinking of at the moment that she's been great in, and you can see that talent has been there all along and it mm -hmm. starts here in interview with the vampire yeah and it's sure. like one of the best performances by a child that i've ever seen it is yeah. so good she is so like both brad pitt and tom cruise who are both you know seasoned actors by that point don't hold a candle to her yep. she is like and there's there's arguably there's even other people in here you've got um uh, um, um, Antonio Banderas in one of his mm -hmm. early roles. Um, you have too um, old for this character. <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. So yeah, he played Armand a, a is about young... seventeen. Oh, Armand. Yeah, Armand's about seventeen. Yeah. So I was like, all right, he does a good job, but he's way too old. Yeah. No, but <laughs> he, got, he, um, he he what, does Stephen do a Rhea good job. Is but... in this? Um, 
Yes, Santiago's. Who was previously in Neil Jordan's uh, The Crying Game. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, which he came mentioned. over from Crying Game. But yeah. yeah, no, Santiago is just as much of a dick in this as he, as he is in the book. So it's fine. <laughs> Very accurate portrayal. It's good getting, I'm I'm glad that you've read the novel so oh, that you, yeah. like, you could bring in this perspective of who these characters are and, and, and everything. Yeah. So, but yeah, That's no, pretty I much think what every... he is. Classic antagonist. Yeah. yeah. No, everybody's doing a great job in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a fun movie and everything like that. I think because Louis, it's all Louis' perspective. It's all his narration. Um, yes. And Brad Pitt looks so obviously uncomfortable and and just depressed through the whole thing. And again, that's the character. I mean, obviously he's depressed. Yes. He's a vampire. Um, he which, is. like, like I'm sorry. Look, I don't want to kill anybody, but if I had the chance to become a vampire, I 100% would. Like. Yeah. Like I would in a heartbeat, I would find the way to like, even if it was just eating the animal blood, like, yes, it's cold and doesn't taste great, but I would do that. You know, Yeah. I would maybe go find criminals to like, you know, kill. That's the whole, you know, the whole other thing, you know, yeah. just, you know, violent, <laughs> violent criminals, not, not like, you know, thieves or something like that. Vigilanteism. But, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, no, there's a way around it. There's a way around it. Yeah. yeah. But, so I mean there there would be there would be ways to to do that and survive and everything like that. I want more time. That's that's what I want. I mm-hmm. want more time. There's always stuff I want to do that I never have time to do. If yep. I were a vampire, I'd have plenty of time to do You'd it. You'd have all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I've always said is if I had the chance to become a vampire 100% I would. Yes. Um because it would just I'd have more time. <laughs> um so and, and I would definitely not be bored by it. Jesus Christ. Like, and he just and don't get me wrong, he is forcefully turned. He he's forced against his will to become a vampire. Um well, so to an extent, he does have to, to make extent, his choice. He has to make a choice. He, he, he's going to die or he can become a yeah, vampire. So I and think in that yes. way he's forced to because he doesn't want to die yet. But he's not there ready. was a there's a moment that he could just be like, just let me go. Cause the point is is that he's depressed. Because right. I mean, in the movie they make it wife and child, but that's not what it is in the book. They are trying to hetero it up a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, but which doesn't work because this film is the most. This like, movie is super homoerotic thing. Yeah, this movie is, is like this is what, what the I, books are. That's what the I was books literally are. talking yeah. to Hugh the other day. We we mm-hmm. recorded something and we were talking off air, um, because he was mentioning to me about this the TV series, um, yes. because the TV series they're going to do up. it. They're going they're covering it on vampire yeah. videos, um. So we were talking about it, and because I was telling him I was covering the movie. Um, and so we were talking about it and he, you know, I, I had seen, cause he said that he wasn't interested in the series, um, until they were going to cover it. And then he got it, uh, then he watched it and he got into it. I'm going to leave that, that, cause I don't want to spoil anything for anybody else. Um, I mean, it's not spoilers, but he, no. he ended up enjoying it a lot. I haven't so, watched it yet um, either. I'm but we talked to, but, but we talked about it and talking about, and I told them, I was like, you know, they were talking about how when they were making this movie, they were stripping out all the homoeroticism. Um, Trying and to. then with the TV series, <laughs> well, with the TV series, they've added it all back in and it's very yeah. homoerotic. And so, um, but I told him, I was like, this movie is not without that. This movie is dripping in that. It is constantly this, this, this like unconsummated relationship between that um, you know of. Louis. Yeah. Between Louis and Lestat. Um, but once he meets Armand, once Louis meets Armand, there's that connection, that that mm-hmm. deep, like weird connection between them that becomes that like 
that 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 almost that romanticness and they, yes. that, i mean there is all this longing looks at each other and everything else they did not strip enough of the homoeroticism no. out of this movie if they thought they did because yeah. this movie from the very beginning has audiences that all the audiences have just been like this is the most gay like oh. vampire yes. movie ever very you know so. and and you know and it's yeah it's it's that's what's funny is like you look back on um, we were talking about it in the previous episode with uh, when when I was talking to Donna about the Lost Boys and how that one has all this homoeroticism in it that you yes. like that I didn't notice the first few times I watched it. It wasn't until later that maybe somebody pointed it out and then I went, oh, OK, now I see it. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Um, whereas this one, this one was so surface level that you couldn't not see it. Yeah. And so and, and they thought yeah, it this was, one was not hidden at all. Yeah. No. They They're like, done we it. pulled it back so far, guys. No, you yeah. definitely didn't. Nope. No, you didn't. I mean, as it moves on, it's much more of like a buy slash pan kind of situation yeah. in terms of these characters, especially as we move through, you know, stuff that you haven't read seen. But yeah. like, but that does exist. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, the, and that makes the, sense, though, if what, you're going to be yeah. a long term a long-term creature in the mm-hmm. in in this world and everything like that and vampires are naturally hedonistic that yes. you're going to become more of a bipan type of person yes. because you're going to want to experience all the pleasures that the world can have for you exactly um, so uh, given that like i i would assume most vampires would be like that um yes. so and it makes sense uh so you know uh, like like I said, even though I'm straight, I have no problem with this. Like, I mm-hmm. think that what this is as a movie is is really good um, for what it's doing because you get into this um, relationship with both Louis and, and it's very it's very bad marriage. Um, oh, yeah. Energy. It's like super bad, especially once um, they turn. Um, uh, Claudia. Claudia, thank you. I was gonna say yeah. Claudia, but then I was like, "That's not right." Um, have a kid, yeah, have a kid to keep Claudia, the other person they around. The, yeah, they, yep. yeah, that's all. That's it was. literally I mean, what they did. They had a kid to he he turned Claudia so he could keep yep. Louis around, and she's six and, in the book, just so you know. Oh God, that's even worse. Claudia six, yeah. Oh man, so yeah. it's even it's it's even worse. It's like she is literally like it's like having an undead kindergartner in your house. Oh man, who is like an adult? I mean, by the time it's like thirty years in the movie, but like yeah. in the book, it's like I think she's damn near a hundred when she dies. Wow. So she is like a very old person trapped inside this very tiny body with all those emotions and knowing she's never gonna. It, it's a fascinating character. Yeah, yeah. I think honestly, there's a that like bringing it up the ages number one you get a better actress number two you also have this girl who is on the the cusp of womanhood mm-hmm. of changing over but can't we'll never like have when you're six to. when you're six you like when you're six physically you're still not gonna have that um that growth yet so you're not gonna have yes mentally you can have those emotions and and that growth and everything like that but mm-hmm. body wise, you're not going to. But by 10 or 11, 12, you're going to have started doing some changing and that you are going to have those feelings and have that that changeover. And so that makes it so much more brutal, I think, in yeah. terms of aging her up for the movie in in the fact that she's never going to quite get over that cusp and that yeah. she's ne- she's going to be constantly in that prepubescent 
stasis and that yeah. like i can't i can't imagine that feeling how how bad that feeling would be yeah. um but they had like, to eat her up trapped in that mm-hmm. yeah and it's it yeah. is it's 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 awful but yeah she's a fascinating character and no she is very it's... fascinating it's you know it's it is done that's the best part of the movie that's the thing that the movie handles the best and when she is gone the movie has a hole in it for sure in a way that in the way that louis life had a hole in it that's like he never got over it over yeah yeah he never he never got over that loss for hundreds of years more it was still a plot point i mean like spoilers for like 12 books down the line the reason yeah. why the witches get involved is because he's trying to contact her ghost and still talk to her. Oh wow. Hundreds and hundreds of years later like he could <laughs> never let her go. It was Interesting. Yeah, it broke his heart. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's the 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 central cast is good. I I think that, you know, those three they do a really good job when they're all together. I think even even Brad Pitt um as 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 depressed as he is through this movie when they are interacting all of them together mm-hmm. or just one to two of them together it works their dynamic yes. is really good um Lestat is a horrible horrible person yep. um and you know in the um, most fun way <laughs> yeah and Tom Cruise is playing him full hilt well yes. he's playing him as full hilt as Tom Cruise can um I again I think another better actor could have played it even better better Mm -hmm. um like i would have liked to have seen something even more unhinged um like um and i argue that brad pitt in a couple of years would have been a better choice um Mm, yeah his performance in 12 monkeys again i'll reference that because he Mm -hmm. plays crazy in a different way um that i think you need lestat to be somewhat crazy like somewhat insane um that you know because he's a person who's been looking for um, somebody to share his life with. And that's yes. why he's doing this to Louis. He's yes. doing this because he's lonely. Mm-hmm. He's, he is, he's been a vampire for what, uh, an additional couple hundred years. No, um, about 20 no? to 30 years. He was, fairly, oh, really? okay. he was a fairly young vampire when he came okay. to Mar- So he was still kind of figuring it out and his whole shenanigans okay. about like, you know, I'm going to give you the choice I never had is because he was literally snatched off the street, turned into a vampire the vampire said, I've been around for thousands of years. I can't do this anymore. Here's my house. Here's all my money and jumped into a fire. Oh, okay. So, so he had absolutely no frame of reference, no teacher, no person who was going to be able to help him figure out. That's not what really to do. said in the movie. It not just at all. is like, it, you don't find that out too, yeah. until Vampire Lestat. You don't know oh, okay. that until that second book, because this is all from Louis' point of yeah, view. Louis so this is how he and met again, him. And again, this is where this movie yes. should have been Vampire Lestat from the beginning. And then we you could have done this whole story. Yes. yes. You could have and, done this whole story just from Lestat's perspective. And I think arguably that would have been a better movie. Um, it it would have been a more. Him whining. Yeah. 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 And you could still, you could still play have both characters but because mm-hmm. this movie is solely from louis point of view mm-hmm. um and you get all of his narration and everything else that it's just it's it this as much as it is a good movie it is sometimes a slog um because it is because louis is such a depressing character yes um and He's because depressed Brad Pitt for hundreds is of so years. depressed while playing it yes. um that it's just it's just like dude pep up something like dude find some kind of happiness yeah like <laughs> 
you know, even, even, and this is what, this is what's funny too, because he, Lestat turns Claudia for mm-hmm. Louis, mm-hmm. but Louis, as much as he loves Claudia, it still doesn't make him happy. No, because his life as a vampire is what is making him miserable. He yeah. does not want to live forever, but yet at the same time, he's not doing the thing that he could do. He could kill himself. Um, yeah. He's not doing the one thing that would take him out of the situation. He's no. continuing to live this miserable experience of life because why? Like, that's what's interesting to me about the situation is like, it's almost like he's punishing himself for forever because he yeah. made the choice of going ahead and surviving at that time. That's so a now big he's part of gonna, it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's he's a, a it's martyr. A weird, yeah. 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 He, he's martyring himself. He's mm-hmm. punishing himself for something that was against his will and, and in a lot of ways, because I don't think I argue that anybody who would be in that situation would choose to die. Um, yeah. That I think anybody would choose life at that moment because you want to live. You're just like, I don't want to die right now. I still have things to do. I want to do this, you know, right. not thinking of the consequences of eternal life. Exactly. Um, you know, so now he's stuck with it. Yeah. And Lestat did need another, they needed a companion with yeah. them because it worked for Louis because he had somebody to take care of, but also Claudia does become that hunting companion that Lestat was looking for. Yeah. And Louis it didn't works want to become, yeah. and Louis didn't want to become. And it works for a while because she's a child and is yeah. learning that what she can do from an absolute psychopath. And then yeah. it's only well, and as children she gets don't ha- older. Yeah. Yeah. She gets well, older and, I was and starts say, realizing I don't want to morality do this. hasn't and, been yeah. built up at that point. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then the older she gets, she becomes more like Louie. And now Lestat's like, now I got two of you. Like, what do yeah. I, you know, yeah. come on. Like, at least I had one of you on my side. Now yeah. I got two of you being all depressed and mopey all the time. Like, come and on, that, let's and go again, have that goes fun. back. That goes back to Lestat choosing poorly. Lestat yes. should choose somebody who's amoral like him. Yes. So, but I think, but I think in terms of that, he doesn't want to choose somebody he's going to have to fight. Um, in 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 terms of jockeying for position, whereas mm-hmm. he he had to fight Louis along the way from more of an emotional standpoint. Right. So because Louis was so miserable. Mm-hmm. So. This movie, this movie, when you take it and you look at it from these points of views and everything like that, makes it more fascinating. Um, it still probably will be another 20 years before I watch it again, but um, <laughs> it does make it more interesting to talk about. And that's what's fun about you know doing this and talking to other people about mm-hmm. some of these movies is sometimes even if it's a movie I'm not super you know stoked on, that um that at least you know it brings about interesting conversations and new ways yeah. of looking at it that I didn't see before. So mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's why, you know, but that's what, that's what makes this movie interesting is that you have this character of Lestat who just wants somebody who's at least somewhat amoral like he is. And, um, and he, he gets the two, um, well, he gets the one person who's the exact complete opposite of him because I would argue Louis in the beginning, he is a plantation owner. He mm-hmm. has slaves and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But his slaves sl- seem to like him. He seems to be a good slave master. Still not good. Don't get me no. wrong. 100% no. horrible, horrible to do that. Um, but at least they don't want him dead and they don't, they're not actively, you know, you know, they, they don't seem to be hurting or anything like that. He seems to be a good master. 
Um, so he comes from a place of compassion and and everything. And so he he just chose that just chose the absolute wrong person to live life with or to you know do this with. He should have chosen somebody slightly more amoral. Right. Um, and that's you know a failing on his part. You know, of course, you know, he just wants a companion, so he's just trying to find somebody, anybody to yes. do this with. And he's probably been through a couple of them. Um you know, at least in the 20, 30 years, maybe not in the books, maybe. Um, well, fun fact. Okay. Hit me. Uh, Lestat founded the theater that they go see the show at. Interesting. Yes. The first, he was an actor and well, the first person he turns into a vampire is his mom, Gabrielle, which is, yes. Well, he loved his mom. She loved him. Yeah, they they didn't get sense. along well with anybody else in the family. And he was like, well, I got this now, mom. I'm going to change you. And and now, like, you know, we can hang out. It wasn't like a weird, it wasn't an Oedipus yeah, thing. Yeah. But, yeah, but, no, yeah, no, so, no, no. And then, yeah. And then the next person that he changes is his best friend, who is also in that acting company. So now he's well, arguably, Paris, I would so say then, these are actually better choices in a lot of ways. They, a friend yes, of his and his mom who a friend taught of him. His. You know, exactly. and, uh, and raised him. So it makes sense in a lot of ways. So now yeah, I'm she sticks it out. She shows the... up in Vampire Lestat. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. No, she and what she's the Queen of the Dams. Yeah. No. Well, because the thing is, is that it's very, it's, I guess it's there's very only so much human you can thing. And there's only sometimes. so much you can take of all of these people. They yeah. all, all the characters tend to do this be like, we need yeah. a break. And they yeah. separate for long. But this is what's time. fascinating about this is that yes. he sticks with Louis. Like arguably the not worst as long person. as you think. Like maybe oh, okay. like a hundred years or so, and then Claudia kills him. But here's so, my thing, though, is that yeah. he stuck with the others less time, though. If he was only they twenty did. or thirty years, yeah, before he, he met Louis, then you know it's just weird that you know he. I stuck can't remember out so why he had to split. I feel like he has to go, and I can't, it's been so long since I read that one that I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, no, he wasn't around for hundreds of years before Louis. He had. He was only around for a bit. He, they're almost contemporaries as far as okay. when they were born. But uh, Armand is much older. Armand is, I think, at the time you see him here, about th- four or 500 maybe. And Marius, who you don't meet in this, is 2000. But Marius was who Armand was with before he went to Paris. And Marius is who is taking care of the the two, the vampire king and queen. So you see him later. Crazy world. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's a there's a whole lot going on. There's there's yeah. a ton, a ton. There's so 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 many characters. So it is. Yeah. It's hard. I do. I always have to like look at it and be like, okay, who did what? Or like last night, I was like, who is this person's father? When I was watching the Mayfair, which because in that there's so much incest because they're they were trying yeah. to keep the witch power. So I was like, oh, who is yeah, this? I was like, who is this? Who did what? I don't know. I have to look at it and be like, where's the family tree? I can't remember. It's That's been like so funny. It's been twenty years since I read this book. I don't remember. But but yeah, there's a thousand <laughs> characters. But yeah, that is like what they do. Like they stay together for a certain period of time and then they separate and then they see each other again. And it's like, remember how great it was 200 years ago? Let's give it another go. Like that's kind of what winds up happening. I mean, that kind of makes sense, though, in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah. you only have a certain amount of these characters to you know interact with and to mm-hmm. let them know who you are and stuff like that if you don't want to turn others. So yes. But that's the thing, though. I think I'd be turning anybody who'd be interested. I'd be like, you want to be a vampire? You want to be a vampire? Yeah. All right, let's do it. 
Let's yeah. have like a whole coven. We're all good to go. Yeah. There's a whole bunch yeah. of us. Yeah. So I mean, obviously we wouldn't want to turn everybody. I mean, we got to have some food. You, you know? got to so, eat. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, yeah. no, I think um, getting on to Armand real quick, uh, mm-hmm. Antonio Banderas, this is a really early role for him. Um, yeah. a really early American role. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's, he's fascinating in this, um, in a way, um, I can see why, um, American filmmakers were like, Oh, this guy's pretty good. Let's, uh, jump into, I think he'd been in, uh, what Philadelphia the year before. Um, yes. So he, he, yeah. he'd done a really good in that one. That was a yeah. really strong emotional. You know. Um, he plays uh, Tom Hanks's uh, mm-hmm. husband, partner, yeah. lover, partner. Um, I say husband because we live in a world now where people can be husbands and wives, but then, mm-hmm. back then it wasn't. Back then, no. Um, but uh, it's um, and so him being in this, it's it's interesting. I lo- love everybody's long hair in this. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's just like as a vampire, you apparently you know, you got to have long hair, um, yeah. to start with. Um, and I love that sequence too of um Claudia. Uh, just as an yes. aside where Claudia goes, she goes, she's so pissed off. She's like, I'm never going to be a grown woman. I'm going to cut all yeah. my hair off. And then it fucking grows back. It grows back so in two pissed. seconds. She yeah. can't change. Yep. Yeah. She can't change anything. And that would be frustrating. I would, I, I, I admit that would be frustrating as a yep. character, like as a vampire that if I couldn't, you know, grow my hair out or she, like cut my hair, you know, I would be frustrated for sure. So yeah. I'd just be like, uh, I can't change that, that, that aspect of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this um, is it for yeah, at least if you have long hair to start with you can put it up in a ponytail or something like that and yeah do something slightly different if you went like me where i've got my head shaved and i was stuck <laughs> like this forever i'd That's probably it. be okay i'd probably be okay with it because i don't like my hair growing out too long anyway <laughs> but <laughs> But I would like to have the choice. <laughs> no. But I guess that's that's a small price to pay for for mm-hmm. being a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, yeah, I wouldn't want to change any children. That would just be that's that's horrible. Um, well, they're not. Like, I mean, they're not supposed to. That is also. Yeah. it's in Twilight too. You know, it's forbidden <laughs> yeah. to make one so young. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that's interesting too. The vampires have their own rules and stuff like that. But like, mm-hmm. you know, I would just be like, okay, whatever. I'm a vampire. I can do what I want. So, exactly. You know, and, it's like, what do you, who are you to tell me what to do? Well, um, that, but obviously yeah, that is part that comes of it, back yeah. to bite her in the butt later. So it does. It definitely so. does. But that is like, that's the rules of that particular coven. That's, you know, yeah. that's another thing. It's just because they kind of wandered into that world that they get stuck with it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not like in like, again, it's not like we have to sit here and talk about Twilight, but it's not like in that world where there is the Volturi and they have their whole, like, these are the rules that everybody has to follow. Yeah. And we're like the vampire police. And we're going to come in and like tell you that you, you know, you messed up and now you have to pay the price. That doesn't yeah. really happen in this. Everybody's kind of off doing their own things. But in right. in that vampire coven in Paris, in that theater, that's their rules. It's forbidden to kill another. So they're right. in there. They get caught up in it. Like they should have just left, but they didn't. In the book, they're there for months. And it's like, why? And it's because Louis hanging out with Armand. But, you know, they, just leave. <laughs> they're not going to yeah. follow you. Just go. Yeah. But they don't. They just and go. Then, yeah. Yeah. No, because I think at that point, Louis kind of fallen for Armand and, yeah. you know, Armand for him. And then, you know, so they're just like, OK, something's going on here. We have a connection of some sort. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, let's see where this goes. But meanwhile, you know, Armand is like, uh, you might want to go. You uh, should. 
Yeah. Santiago is going to come up with some bad idea. Yeah. And that's exactly I do like what happens. I, I do. I, I will admit, I love the theater thing um, mm -hmm. that how they have this whole like play thing going. I was very, very over the top. Um, but they literally yeah. bring out a victim on stage, a victim and, on stage. Like, and the audience is just like the the audience is just like eating it up because they're just like they don't see stuff like this. This is very like at that time period. This is very, you know, um, risque and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and stuff. And so you're seeing this and the audience is just eating it up. The one woman's like, take me, you know, and just like, oh, she's a plant. <laughs> you see yeah. her later in the. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> she's an audience plant. She's one of the vampires. You see her oh. at the party scene later. Yeah, I didn't. Well, yeah. or maybe I've they did actually end up taking her. I've seen oh, this movie so a lot. Yeah, that's no, so she's funny. a plant. No, you see the audience leaving after they kill her on stage. They can't get the fuck out of yeah. there fast enough. They're like, oh, my yeah. God, this is the scariest yeah. thing I've ever seen in my life. They're all totally yeah. freaked out. Yeah. It is so gross. But I do I do like that aspect of it, too, because as an audience member, I mean, we go into like we 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 go into horror movies. We watch these. We watch like, you know, and some of us really like the gore aspects and those kills and stuff like that. But like, if we knew any of it was real, like just like for me, like I, I personally, I love, I love watching horror movies. And if it's gory, it's great. You know, I love the, mm -hmm. the, the, the evil dead movies and they're gory as all hell. Um, You know, people just getting dismembered and everything. It, it's hilarious to me seeing real stuff like even just watching a surgery grosses me out so bad like yeah. real life blood and guts and everything else like that no hell no i will not watch it like we see people keep posting stuff from um um the stuff yeah. going on right now i'm not yep. gonna talk about it nope. but the stuff that's going on right now people keep posting stuff like this online and i can't i have to scroll no. by it because i can't I... see that because it's too much for me so and i think that's a it's an interesting thing because there are some people who can handle it and they can they love horror movies and they 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 will be okay with real life gore and everything and i'm like i don't know how you do it because that's not that's not it for me like i have to no. be like there's a separation for me 100 is yeah. that i can't deal with that so it's fascinating to see that where those people in the audience they definitely believe that is a fake what's going on there's nothing yes. real going on in that um even though it scares them and they go running and everything like that but, but they, they think it's a show they don't but they think still it's... think it's a show yes. in the in the end and everything and i love that aspect of it that that's what the vampires are doing is they're like they're putting it on full display this is who we are we're killing somebody on stage mm -hmm. you know and, and you're gonna watch and everybody's like yes show me more like oh this um, is fun let's watch this, this and then they walk out and think that was a little odd at the end what do you think? yeah that was a little <laughs> much but you know it was an evening <laughs> it was an evening out yeah so, but yeah, I I love that aspect of it. Um, I think it's it's fascinating, and it makes sense that Lestat would have been one of the founders of that that yeah. that, that theater because I mean he's a very theatrical guy. Mm -hmm. Um, so it makes sense that he would then transition into becoming an actor or uh, yeah. a rock star, a rock um, star. So, yeah, and that's part of what I, I I'm kind of glad that as much as I do believe that um Tom Cruise was really good for the role, I couldn't see him continuing on into the rock star aspect of 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 him nah, doing that did you see rocket ages i did and he's not bad in it um he's I not, just... yeah i i i mean he's he's older in that I mean, like i <laughs> yeah. think as someone on the record who was not happy with his casting and thought he did a good job yeah. i think that if they had been able to turn this around in the next couple of yeah. years he probably would have like a midnight he probably would have been fine yeah he would have been but again, fine but again, again, this goes back to I think he's fine in the role. I think mm -hmm. somebody could have been better. 
Um, yes. I don't think that Stuart Townsend, who ends up playing him, is no. the right choice either. Um, Absolutely not. But because I don't think Stuart Townsend is that good of an actor. He's okay. He's not bad. I don't think he's a terrible actor. Please don't no. misunderstand. Me. I just mm-hmm. don't think he's got the star presence to be that, to be Lestat. Yeah. Um, and so ask, ask Hugh that question. His answer would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I just think it's funny that, you know, it, Tom Cruise is one of those actors who I have said this for a long time. Tom Cruise plays Tom Cruise yes. playing a different character. Mm-hmm. Um, the character is never fully. He does not. Whereas I mentioned before, Gary Oldman becomes that character. Yes. Tom Cruise becomes Tom Cruise. Playing Tom Cruise playing Lestat. Yeah. <laughs> so you never can separate the Tom Cruise-ness out of the character. Um, and so don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of the Mission Impossible movies, but I think mm-hmm. he does well in that one. I would say there's only one movie that I've seen him in recently where he plays an emotional depth that I had never seen him play before, and that's in the Top Gun Maverick movie. Yeah, he, he did a great he job play, He's so good in that that it actually, he was acting in that movie. Um, he took on this person who was wounded and and had this life that he 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 didn't imagine it was going to be um as much as he is like you know the top one of the top pilots of all time he's got this reputation and everything else and he's so good at what he does and everything like that there's always Mm -hmm. been something missing in his life and 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 he's had all these failures in his life as well and so and you could see it in his face like he was this guy who had been broken and that movie kind of builds him back up, which is great. But even in the end, he's still like just starting to put the pieces back together. And I I think that, you know, that movie finally showed, I was like, Oh, this is Tom Cruise actually being an actor. Finally, (laughs) it's nearly the end of his fucking career, but you know, it's, you know, I wouldn't say at the end of his career, he's probably still got a good 20 years. um, Yeah. He's still going to be throwing himself off cliffs, et cetera. Dude, he's got to stop that soon. He's going to break himself. I know. Um, he broke his foot on the not on the last one, but on the one before the one that. Before. So I was like, oh my God. But I love the Mission Impossible movies because mm-hmm. they're supposed to be a heightened reality. So I'm okay with Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise, you know, yes. in that one. So I'm okay with that, that that bunch. Most of the other stuff I'm just kind of meh on. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> but that being said, again, I think Lestat was an inspired choice for him to take because it did kind of break him out of that kind of hero mold slightly um yeah because like i said before he's always played kind of the asshole hero um which is fine um but getting to see him kind of chew the scenery a bit more and to and to do um something that was not his normal thing and it was good to see that Anne rice was just like you know she made a public thing about it and said you know okay no i was wrong yeah i was wrong he's he's really good at this and so um, so it was good but yeah no <laughs> Brad Pitt poor Brad Pitt <laughs> oh, um, Brad. and don't get me wrong he's not a great person either in real oh, life I know. Um, don't don't get me wrong I'm not uh, hyping him up I think he's a good actor he's I think he's actor. not a great person mm-hmm. um, but um, but arguably his 90s output you can see him growing as an actor and growing exponentially as an actor as he's gone along um, because like I said with 12 Monkeys on um, that latter part of the '90s, Twelve Monkeys, Seven, Fight Club, Fight Club, that yeah. that that Fight Club, like 
so many people, I'm going to get into this slight <laughs> aside here with Fight Club <laughs> because so many people are starting to look back at Fight Club and there's so many shitty men who see Fight Club and think that it's, some, they are taking the wrong, they're taking the wrong yes. uh, message from it and the they're embracing, yeah. yeah, they're embracing the, the wrong aspect of it because this the the movie and the book is about toxic max masculinity it's yeah absolutely inherently it is so it's not even hidden it is no. it's not subtext it's full-on text in that movie about being a toxic um toxic man and, yeah uh, and how that is a danger mm -hmm. um um so i find it funny that so many of these toxic men are embracing embrace fight that club. character yeah and embracing fight club and they're taking the exact wrong message from it because this is what was interesting for me is when i watched fight club the first time i was blown away by it i was blown mm -hmm. away by the narrative and the twist and everything else that was going on it i was like oh my god this is so crazy and then i was like oh it's it was it was based on a book yeah. so then i went and back and read that and started reading everything that Chuck Palahniuk wrote mm -hmm. um, and became a big fan for a long time. Um, I haven't read anything of his in a few years now, but, um, but I, you know, it's so funny how much they embrace that movie that's based on a book by a gay man. Yeah. Um, so it's like, he's saying something different than what you guys are thinking he's saying oh, and you guys absolutely. are doing it wrong. And so I just, but Brad Pitt's performance in that movie is so next level that um that i i say that anybody who hasn't seen fight club and you've been put off by it because so many shitty people are it's their favorite movie of all time right please go watch that movie because it's it's way better than you think it is and says a lot more than you think it does because it's not mm -hmm. just about toxic masculinity there's so much more in that movie in yes. in the book itself that is going on um you know, about mental health and, and, and yeah. all kinds of stuff that's going on. Um, and those really people good. are media illiterate. And that is why. Oh, so media. <laughs> that's the problem. It's so bad. Yes. It, I don't understand this. Like, I, I guess it's, I would have to say that this is probably the reason why we live in a culture that is so um, teeming with so much information now. Mm -hmm. um, we have so much that's going on that people um, are can't focus yeah um and can't make um the correct takes on things now yes um it's just it's it's that's i think what's happened is because of the internet and i i the internet is this double-edged sword i it's so good in so many ways and it's so bad in so many other ways um, yeah and uh uh i there's it's gonna get worse before it gets better um oh. unfortunately um but i know i think I think we are going to eventually come around the bend on it. Um, but I don't think controls are what's going to be the, the the thing. No, to an extent you need controls. Don't get me wrong. I think you need to keep the shit out. Um, yes. There are, there are things that are going on now in terms of what places like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram are doing that are the wrong kind of controls. They're controlling good aspects um, from getting out and keeping the bad aspects in. Um, yes. And so until we can um, figure out a way to combat those, um, we're going to be on a we're going to be on a bad slope for a while. Yeah. But once we get around that bend, I think we're going to be better. So fingers because crossed. the Internet is a useful tool. Of course.
Um, and that's what it should be. It should be a tool for communication, learning, everything. And I think we'll eventually get there, but it's going to take a while, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, it we is need a mess to... right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to get on a huge soapbox, but we... <laughs> so <laughs> many asides. This, uh, yeah. Oh, this always happens on my episodes. I'm, uh, every thought I have just spews out. <laughs> oh, wait, let me talk about this. <laughs> it's always fun. <laughs> well, I'm glad. But yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say about this movie. I think I'm plumb out. I think. Um, well, the thing is, is, is that discussing these two movies, you can sit down like we did where I took mm-hmm. notes and we can talk about Bram Stoker's Dracula from start to finish and discuss yeah. the characters and all that stuff. And it's just a different situation than it is with Interview with the Vampire, which is just like, it's like a mood piece. It just is like, it's an aesthetic situation from start to finish. If you, like me, had read the books, you know where the story is going. If you hadn't, you're kind of getting the whole point of these characters and what's going on. But you're not, it's not a plot the way that it is with Bram no, Stoker's it's very Dracula. meandering. It is, yeah. but it just, yeah, because yeah. it is, it's the conceit of an interview. You're sitting down with Christian Slater, yeah, yeah. who we hadn't yeah. even like discussed. And he's yet. just telling his, yeah, and he's just and he's talking just about like, his life. This is what happened. This happened to me. I became a vampire. We had this kid, this, you know, and then, yeah, you get through all that. And then I think what hurts him the most at the end is that Daniel, which I can't even remember if they call him Daniel in the movie or not, but the interviewer's name is Daniel. Okay. He ends up with Armand, in case you want to know. When he this, the, okay, yes, the the like really quick, the end of the movie with the whole thing on the Golden Gate Bridge with Lestat that doesn't happen yeah. in the books. Yeah, they would have had to figure out what they did. I that. know there's what something happens. in the new series mm-hmm. that I think is what happens in the book. Yes, so. I think he does. Yes, yeah. I think they follow the structure of the book more on the yeah. series, and it does need a series. A two-hour movie is not yeah. like. There's so no, much I think going need, on in these. Well, and I think because of the very nature of this kind of what we said with the meandering, the kind of mood mm-hmm. piece that it is, that you need more of a series to kind of play out events and get yes. more deeply into events where it would actually be more of a story. Because um, it does. Of, it moves yeah. so fast. Yeah. It's because there's no time in a two-hour movie. It's like, bam, 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 plot point, plot point, bullet point, bullet right. point, bullet point. You don't have the time to really like no. delve into it. And I think Neil Jordan did a really good job of getting yeah. the mood across, the feeling across, The but there's just no time to really get into all these characters and what they're doing. There just isn't enough right. time for it. So, yeah, at the end of the book, Dan, you know, Louis flips out like that's not what I was telling you the story for. This isn't you weren't supposed to want to be this. Like what I yeah, am is a yeah. monster. You sh- you're supposed to be taking my story to say this is happening and like I wish it could be any other way in the world but it's not. Learn something from my story and the only thing Daniel learns is hey man turn me into one vampire, of these two. Yeah. I want to be a vampire. Yeah. Like we were just talking about. I want to be a vampire yeah. too. So yeah, he gets he he yells at him, he gets mad, he leaves. Daniel takes all the tapes. He tries to like break it down, figure out who he can find and who he ends up finding is Armand and he ends up with That's Armand funny. for a while. Yeah. Because in the books Armand is a beautiful young boy. Yeah. He's 17 like 17 18ish, you know. Yeah. Antonio Banderas was beautiful in this movie, but he was too old. But but he yeah, still yeah. he did a really good job as the character and he looked great. Yeah. And that's fine. He did what he was supposed to do. He understood <laughs> the assignment in this movie and that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, what happens on the Golden Gate Bridge does not happen in the story. That doesn't That's happen. too funny. 
The other I mean, thing makes, that doesn't happen is the kind flying. Of in the movie, but yeah. yeah. Oh, they don't fly in in the books. Stat doesn't fly until Queen of Damned when he drinks from Akasha oh. because her blood is so strong. So yes, I was oh, that girl. Okay. I was that girl sitting in the movie theater saying he shouldn't be that flying. That doesn't happen. He wasn't flying yet. He doesn't fly until the third book. Yeah, that was me. Sorry, but <laughs> don't be that girl. <laughs> I was. Now it's like I could barely remember it. I got to look at the Wikipedia to be like, what happened? What happened in these books that I haven't read yeah. in like 30 years? No, I agree with you. I think that, you know, there's uh, there's the 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 it's an interesting mood piece. It's definitely different. I think what I was going to mention, too, is I think it's interesting, too, that the time period that this movie is in is what? The 1700s, late 18, like 17 through 1800s, late um, 1700s through 18 ish. And then, and then it into jumps the forward day. to, yeah. yeah, you say present day 90s, but it's like late right. 70s, early 80s right. for the book. So when when you. When you look at the time period that this movie is in, you're also looking at the time period of Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is in mm-hmm. the late 1800s as well. Yep. So you look at stuff like that, and it's so different in terms of what it was like in America and what it was like in England at the same time periods mm-hmm. where you've got this kind of gothicness that's going on in Interview with the Vampire, but it's, you know, also so American. Yes, it's American Gothic, and so it's different. It's this different feel for sure than the the you know the the British Hammer horror uh, and yes. this kind of Bram Stoker's Dracula, where you get you know it's taking it out of the castles and the you know the and even in London in in um in Bram Stoker's still seems like this because London is an old town is an old city right. that that it doesn't look as modern as what we get in even in the same time period in America. Yes. Um, so it's so funny to see those differences, even though they're basically the same time periods. So, yeah. So it is it fun is. to do that. And so, you know, and this is, I would argue that these are the two biggest vampire movies of the 90s. Yes, um, they're kind agree. of what, you know, they're kind of what filmmakers move forward from this point and they take everything that happened in the 80s, like they, with the 80s moving things forward finally. And then you get the little, the couple of little big budget or not big budget, big time throwback movies um, mm-hmm. did really well. And then moving forward, you get things that kind of mix them. Um, yes. You know, which is great. So you get things that throw back, but also have um, present day elements and, and everything. And so it's, it's get a lot more of Dracula coming to the modern day. Um, yes. And so, but you also get at the late end of the nineties, you get blade and, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff like that. So you're starting to, it move forward a bit and and that's that's kind of how it is from this point onward is that you know because of the 80s and because of these early movies of the 90s everybody was like you know let's kind of throw them all into the mix we'll do what we can do and have fun with making all these different movies and uh, no it's been fun with vampire movies um i will shout out the guys at vampire videos again they are doing a great job at um every episode they do is one vampire movie um, per episode and they are looking at uh, as many as possible um and uh they they're they're having a, a bunch of fun they're they're going through a bunch they just um as of this recording they just started their sixth season um yes. with uh from dusk till dawn i'm very jealous um uh, that uh, <laughs> former ghost uh or former guest uh, uh um iona smith uh was the guest for um for that episode she did great uh, 
Yeah, I still need to listen to it. I haven't listened to it. Yet. I, all right, no but, spoilers. Yeah, she did great yeah. though. Yeah. But, yeah, no, she's 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 great. I love her. She's she's been great on 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 this show. Um and I'm hoping to have her back again. Um and then uh but yeah, I was jealous because I'm, I'm a big fan. Yes, I'm a big fan of uh the the um of from Bestel Bestel Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Your but, episodes uh, of Vampire Videos have been amazing as well. Oh, well thank Pat you. Pat yourself yeah. on the back. Yes. <laughs> and and uh and I may have another one coming uh pretty soon. Maybe even in this season. Ooh, in this so, season. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. next week my bestie's on. <laughs> oh yeah. Which, which yeah. one's that? Craig is on next week, I think. Oh, okay. Yep. Cool. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Good no, times. I uh yeah, no, it's a great show. Definitely go check them out. Dano and then uh Humix Day, they do a great job. He's been on the uh been on here a couple of times. I gotta get Dan over here one of these days on the on the one of my Yeah. Great I haven't him over so yet. much fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have to have to grab him over here. I don't know how I don't know if he guests very often on other people's shows, but I'll, I'll have to see if I can get him over here one of these. Yeah. Days. Get him so. over here. <laughs> Tell him to join the party. Right. So, yeah, and definitely go. Go check out Vampire Videos. Uh, I've already done two episodes with them. I did one on uh, the Netflix show, our Netflix uh, movie Day Shift, which is mm-hmm. uh, fun and fantastic. Definitely check that out. And uh, one of my favorite movies that they both hated. Um, oh, they did. Uh, they did. Um, it's uh, Sleepwalkers, Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. They don't still... get me wrong. It is It is. Tr- it is good. a trashy movie. It is a it trashy is trash. movie, but I love it. It's so trashy. I love it. Um, but <laughs> We're it's, all uh... <laughs> allowed to have our trash. Yeah, I... exactly. There's a reason why my Twitter bio says Twilight Apologist in it. Like we're all allowed to love our trash. Oh, you they definitely gotta have you on for a Twilight episode. They won't. If they, if they... <laughs> I know they won't. Oh, I think they're putting off Twilight as long as possible. Oh, Twilight's so. gonna be this the series finale. Yeah. It's yes. The, they they've they're just gonna do one whole month so much on... that there's yes, yeah. there's absolutely no way. They're saving Twilight for the very, very end. I know that. Mm, I, so I am well aware. Yeah. And they're definitely doing Dark Shadows without me, which that was one of the ones <laughs> I said. If you're doing Dark Shadows of Twilight, so I know, I know I'm not on there. <laughs> well, I know, I know you just did it. You just did an episode with them too. You were part of the shorts episode, right? I was in the Halloween episode. Yes. So yes. I did one of the yeah. shorts. I had a great time. It was so much fun. Right. Yeah. I have, I'm, I'm not caught up. I need to catch up. So I haven't heard your episode yet, but I will. Um, oh well i got the there were uh three shorts two of them were good and one of them was bad and it was just the luck of the draw that uh i got the bad one but (laughs) (laughs) oh that's even funnier yeah oh yeah tony and d got oh tony and d of course got the good ones tony and d are like you know (laughs) and (laughs) the celebrities i was i was given yeah i was giving them crap recently about that too it was just because i was like oh okay yeah i see i'm not going to get any other you know, guest stars like guest positions yeah, tony's tony been on D like five times d's been on six times but like to i be can't fair. say anything donna's <laughs> constantly on my show so it's like <laughs> i've got my favorites too we i was gonna say we all have our favorites yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, though, and, it was me and, tony and, and, to, and, to, and to be fair you can't tell me tony doesn't uh, you know go hey i want to be on this episode of course <laughs> the, but they also give him look at what they've given him vampire in brooklyn uh the lair of the white worm like they give him oh, yeah. what do you want to talk about you love your trash I, but that's I trash think, oh i i <laughs> honestly come on you can't tell me that tony's not enjoying every minute oh of he loves every two. second of it don't worry he's probably those are some the of trash. the trash 
<laughs> pick up he had life force but that's because dan loves life force oh I mean, see i like life force too oh life force is trash but it's fun it's yeah. fun oh it's trash. so trash yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's got a naked woman throughout the whole movie. That's know? why Dan likes that. It? Not try- of course. <laughs> As a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's what. You- oh, come on. That came out in 85. I was 11. Yep. Okay. Yep. That was There's prime a time for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, this is like my favorite vampire movie ever. <laughs> this is the best vampire movie that ever happened. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, then to tie it back to Bram Stoker's Dracula, you had the early 90s version of that with the brides. So you yeah. were all good oh, to yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, I did want to go back to that too, real briefly, because I forgot to mention this. Because there's a great, the great sequence at the end where Van Helsing comes out and he's holding uh-huh. all three of their heads and he's bloody as all get out. And yep. it's just the best, the best, like not scene, but it's just the best visual. Just him oh, just, it's a great like, it's visual. Super psychotic. Like Van Helsing just coming out, just yeah. three heads in his hands. Because you just can imagine, just going, what the hell? What the hell like, just happened? Because you can imagine, he was like, "Bitch, you kept me up all night. You're finally asleep. I've got all your heads." Like that is yeah. that was the that was what happened. Oh yeah, that was the absolutely. thought process. Yes, yeah. that scene is crazy. Yeah, no, it's great. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time now. I was going to say, how so, long is this episode going to be? It's going to be very long. Three hours. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be quite three hours, but it's going to be pretty close. Ooh. All right. Well, why don't you let people know where they can find you online? <laughs> yes, I would love to. Uh, easiest way is my link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Violet dot H dot 310. It's going to have links to every podcast I am on and also my socials. Uh, latest one was Movieversaries with my very good friend, Bo, where we had a wonderful discussion about Frozen for its 10th anniversary. It was great. Much different than talking about vampires. But yes, like, yes. that was, yep, that was a wonderful, wonderful discussion. Had a great time doing that. So that's going to be the at the time of recording the top link on there. Uh, all of those, most of those, except for my appearances here on Creepy and Geeky or with the We Made This Podcast Network, which Tony <laughs> is the chief of. So yes, shout out to Tony, who takes all the good vampire movies, apparently. <laughs> we can't all talk about Life Force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's where no. I am. And Violet, uh, uh, Violet is, the, is the perennial um, uh, uh, listener who became a podcast guest. So yes. and now is everywhere. <laughs> I, Especially I, on the trying. We Made This. I I think I what, am I the only non We Made This uh uh yes. podcast you've been on? Yep. You are that's the only funny. non We Made This podcast I've been on. Yep. Not that I'm opposed so to it, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yes. No, I've got my bingo card. I'm just trying to cross off as many and as you I found can. me through them, right? Through vampire I videos. Did, through that's vampire a, videos. Yeah. Yep. That's funny. Yep. Yep. And then we became friends. And, and then we became friends. Yeah. Yes, I love being here. <laughs> and I'll be back for that episode that we teased. And then yeah. whatever else you want to have me back for, I'd love to come back on and awesome. chat with yeah. many tangents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If nothing else, that's what, that's what I should rename the show. Just the tangent show. The tangent show. <laughs> yeah. So what did I say during this? I was like, we have to have a podcast. That's, that's a whole other situation because we're yeah. constantly we're like, oh, we could talk about this for an hour. That's a whole other situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on again. And I'm definitely going to have you on not only for that episode, but I'm sure I'm going to have you on for more. Yay. All right. Well, thank you again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Thanks again to Violet for joining me. On Friday, Donna is back for the epilogue of the MCU's Infinity Saga with Spider-Man Far From Home. And on Monday, Christmas Day, it's an annual tradition as the kids return to talk about the 2012 remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night and the more recent Christmas Bloody Christmas. Thanks for listening. Creepy and Geeky is a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Please check out morbidlybeautiful.com slash podcasts for more great shows. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving the show five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, please share the podcast on social media to help spread the word. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at creepyandgeeky.com. Music for the podcast is Gratitude, composed by Jerry Smith. You can follow the podcast on social media at creepyandgeeky on both Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, I'm GeekThulu on Twitter and Blue Sky, and Geek.Thulu on Instagram. You can support the podcast by ordering teas and more on TeePublic or by donating to the coffee page. All of the links are in the show notes. Finally, don't forget, stay creepy.